0: we have a heavy hitter today and, uh, I thought of a pun. I don't know. Do you have one? <laughs> I didn't have one. Actually. I, c- I couldn't think of one for this. I, <sighs> I thought of one, but it, it cheapens the song. Right. Um, there's, there's, o- there's a handful of Jimmy Eat world songs that I, I thought of doing more of a David Callison, the sound in the story type intro to. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't have one of those prepped here and it seems a little off brand for us but uh but yeah I just didn't ha- the the pun I came up with just seems silly uh, yeah. compared to what this track is so uh I guess without further ado uh here's for me this is heaven Yeah I
1: uh looking through this this song it uh, it takes me to a place a, a certain memory, not a specific one, but a, more like a, a point in time of when I first heard this song. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that have that. It could be for other people. They listen to the track, and they it's it's another good track on Clarity. Um, but when I heard this, the way that it's sung, the lyrics, the progression of sound in the song itself makes it, it, it brings it up to a higher level I and to the level of like where twenty three is you know twenty three is just this yeah this ever loved track from Jimmy Eat world um I could definitely see this as being one of those tracks. It's something that is uh i don't know it it's sort of uh it goes beyond um words with describing it it's 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 so beautiful,
0: yeah um yeah <laughs> it's uh it's okay I wrote in structure uh, in my show notes. Um, we have these different sections and I said, straightforward, like it's in the pocket and it does everything right at the moments that it should. It swells when it needs to, it dies out when it needs to. Somebody recently, uh, asked Zach during one of his drum clinics on, uh, Instagram live. Um, why in table for glasses, for instance, he doesn't hit the kick drum till like in the, toward the end of the song. And he mm-hmm. says, Well, it keeps it interesting. As a songwriter, you want to you don't want to throw everything at the kitchen everything in the kitchen sink out in the first verse. You need to go somewhere, you need to do something. So they made the decision. I never even noticed before, so I'm excited to get there and, and think about it. But um uh this song builds in such a way that keeps it interesting and going every step of the way.
1: Yeah, and I would argue to say that when we get to this point of actually um analyzing this section of the song, but it, it culminates to me at the bridge. And which is right before the final chorus. Mm-hmm. And that like you said, it it builds so well. It doesn't slam you in the face with uh with every instrument. It builds uh well. And then it's got beautiful lyrics behind it that also um that also support and uh, and make this song so much more than just a regular track. And this is ten of thirteen, so this is later. Um, if are we talking about the the actual uh, album? Because this actually came out. It was December fourteenth of ninety eight, and the album itself. Oh,
0: interesting. I didn't even yeah. come up with that yet. Okay.
1: Yeah. So this was that came out on the in, Jimmy Eat World EP. Yes, and that oh, was okay. a that was track. Two of five on the Jimmy Eat World EP. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did
0: come across that. I didn't read the date. <laughs> right. Now, did
1: you look at the album art for this Jimmy Eat World EP?
0: Uh, I glanced at it, yeah. What's uh, what is it, To there? me, it no. just screams like
1: 90s. Yeah. Uh, I, I
0: almost felt like it was all, uh, I mean, obviously not a nod to because that hadn't happened yet. But it almost feels like it would go hand in hand with uh, the Bleed American artwork. Not that it's exactly the same, but it seems complementary. If that makes any sense,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, And the photographer for this was—I looked at this. The photography for the band was Paul Drake, but the layout and design was David Brown uh, and Grant. Oh, Dave Brown. (laughs) But I was trying to look up David Brown
0: photography, but there's all these other David Browns out there. (laughs) I was going to find. (laughs) <laughs> there was a Dave Brown that we, well, maybe you didn't know him at CSUN, but he's a librarian now in Casa Grande, uh, Arizona, and uh, I think he was, like, rapping and surfing and doing TV stuff when we were still at CSUN, um, but that's funny. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't, there was nothing else.
1: I think he shot, he does stuff uh, for Fueled by Ramen, so he, yes, I, I looked at this. uh his, this release,
0: this EP was released really yeah. on Fueled by Ramen, yeah.
1: Right, right. So there was some other work from him um that let me see if I click on his name if it just shows. There was one other band that was noted, The Album Leaf. Um no. It just I think the only thing that I found uh information-wise when I googled his name was more of uh just stuff for Fueled by Ramen. So going yeah. back to this this album design, it just to describe it, it is it's to, to me is totally like a a sunset in Arizona. Um Coming through to me, coming through into a looks like a um, a brick building in there. You can see in the background; it's out of focus, but there is a, a switch plug on the wall. But in the foreground yeah. is an old time. It looks almost like the radio from Gilligan's Island. Now that I'm oh, looking at it, yeah. you know, I thought it was an amp at first, like the head. I of did an amp. too.
0: I thought it was a head. Yeah, but you
1: look closely, it and is, you can actually a see the That's numbers dial. Yeah. yeah.
2: Anyway, so this has this has
1: to. Yeah, five tracks on this EP put out by Fueled by Ramen. This was put out in 1998
0: when. Dude, did you read the liner note, all of the liner notes for this? A no. Did you see the fucking correspondence email? No. Dude, scroll. I want you to zoom in on it. It's the second to last line on the third page of the album art. Um, If you don't find it, I'll. Yeah, I'll hit me with it. What is. where I, Correspondence. Like, Jewpod at AOL.com. Why were they J-E-W pod at AOL.com? Wait, who's is this? Is this in our emails? No, this is what is on the album art from 1998. I'm gonna send I, you this link. Yeah, send me the it's link because I'm looking bizarre. at a different
1: um, the liner notes. I'm looking at something else.
0: Sorry, so this is like this is in this is like the third page, and if you click on more. Images. Oh yeah,
1: I'm definitely looking at a different listing. Okay, here we go. Got it. All right, here but we go. jupod Whoa. At AOL.com.
0: That Were is. Were they gonna start a podcast back then? <laughs>
1: Yeah, right before they were that that phrase was even coined. Yeah. Whoa. Lucky anyway, Denver I thought Infinises that was kind of crazy. Wow. Yeah, I was not looking at this listing. I was looking at a different one, which is why I yeah. uh, was not what seeing what you were seeing.
0: Published by an industry for outer space ASCAP radio and playback machine by Jim Adkins. Band shot by Paul Drake. So Jim took that po- photo on the front, or what?
1: World Queen. All songs published by industry. Jim Adkins radio and playback machine. Yeah. Um, or he, he supplied it radio and playback machine by Jim. Oh, the playback
0: machine is on that second page. That's a, that's a reel to reel.
1: Yeah, that's, that's it. Very out of focus. Yeah. Wow. Uh
0: Avant-garde.
1: (laughs) Uh-huh. Craig Aronson, all names that we've seen before. Jorge Hinojosa. Yeah. Uh, There we go. Yeah. David Brown and Grant Rennaro. So that's where they got that. I'm surprised at the listing that I saw, which actually had the, um, the photography, the layout design didn't have that insert in there. Hmm. See, yet another strike against this discogs, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: okay. Oh, yeah, because I clicked on this one in particular. Uh, and you just got that lucky. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I got that lucky, Denver Mint. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so with the with the actual lyrics, um, what they mean, looking at at songmeanings.com.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh
1: let me see what was first here. So in my notes, I have down that Emo 12, Punk 12 Metal thinks it's a love song. Let me go to their post and see. So they said, am I totally wrong about this? I thought that this song is about being totally in love, not breaking up. I think that it's about having wonderful feelings for some person. Can you still feel the butterflies? Um, I think that it's talking about being away from uh, the person and being like, I can't wait to be with you again. I feel so amazing when I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. That was um, emo 12 punks. There's more that they say. I don't think they're breaking up. I think that she's opening herself up to him. You know, we were, you and I both watched uh, Jim's latest performance at the. Rebel uh, Lounge.
0: Yes. Although today there may be, they haven't announced it as of this recording, but there may be another show today, but they can't leave their homes. Right. Uh, yeah. They, they got the stay at home order, right? Yeah. So they had recorded it the day that they ordered people to stay at home um and then it aired after the stay at home order had been obviously now uh, i don't i don't have the track
1: listing for what he played at the rebel lounge in front of me but at some point in there toward the middle or toward the end he says uh there's another song for there's another one and he goes they're not all do you remember what he says he says they're not all uh even though they're sort of like depressing songs it makes him feel good singing them
0: oh interesting i don't uh Huh, I don't money. have the exact
1: quote from him, but uh, if, if you did want to bring that Here, up, I'll he does mention very length. briefly, he goes, you know, I, I know that I write, in so many words, he says, I know that I write a lot of um, depressing songs, but I'm not a depressing person, or
0: I'm not hmm. a depressed person. So where the what I sent you just now goes to the beginning of the track, but right. maybe skip to the end of it because he's gone into it from Chase This Light, and then he goes into Polaris, but maybe he talks. Let's see. So this is when he'll start it.
3: The first star I see may not be
2: the so
3: star. We can't do a thing but wait. So that's a way for one more.
1: Yeah, it's right after this. It's at uh, I think it's at the end of Polaris that he actually mentions it. Oh, jump over it. Let me see. Get it in his
3: words. Alright. Nice.
2: Nice
0: find, dude.
4: There's a happy one to sit inside (laughs) and think about all day.
1: Oh, Jim. (laughs)
4: really not this depressed guy I want you to know, even though a lot of the songs are bummers.
1: Anyway, what I was going to say from that was that I think that this song is about, um, in my opinion, it's not necessarily about breakup. I think it's more about um, something that is incomplete that is going to eventually end up with a breakup or something that's going to end in this relationship. I think it's a sad song. I think it, it's hmm. got a, a sad ending, eventual ending, but I don't believe that it's a love song.
0: Interesting. So, I mean, it's a song. Uh, uh, you know, artists will say from time to time, you know, oh, I don't like talking about what the song is about, or or they'll say something like, uh, oh, once it's out there, it's not mine anymore. You know, anybody right. can make it what they want it to be. Um, and I guess it, it comes from when the time we have now ends, when the big hand goes round again. Can you still feel the butterfly? So, to me, that is—I interpret that as, him, as as somebody saying, "After all this time, can you still feel what I feel?" And I guess me being an optimist, the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and can you hear, still hear the last good night? To me, it's when you. Uh, don't know who gets the last word when you're saying goodnight to somebody. Uh, So like, I think of when uh, Susie and I started dating and I would, I would take the long way home and then we would sit in the car and say goodnight. And then it would be like, she'd get out and then I'd say goodnight and then she'd close the door and say goodnight. And then I'd say goodnight again. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's, that's my interpretation of it. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Yeah. Mine is a little bit more uh, depressing. And I think that with (laughs) that, with that core, that portion where it says when the time we have now ends, when the big hand goes round again, I have in my notes as time goes on, when time goes because it's it's inevitable that time will run on beyond us far after we're gone. Um, can you still feel the butterflies that we felt when we were in, um, you know, in the, that honeymoon period? And then when will you still hear in your mind that last good night that we give each other 20 years down the road when you've got a different person in a, in a different life and mm. a different family? Do you still hear that? That last good night that we had together, uh, but that that hasn't happened yet. And this person in this scene here is thinking about that. Like we're going to break up. What's going to happen to us? I know that we're going to be dissolved. Um, what are you going to remember from this? That's what I gather from that that block of interesting. And Julie, Mar- it's like, go ahead. go ahead. I was, I was okay. So Julie Marlene, um, also from Song Meetings, does mentioned this, and this is from 2002, so this is around the same time that this, uh, mm-hmm. well, a couple of years, a few years after this album came out. I think it's for just foreshadowing their breakup. I think at the beginning, he's thinking about how the relationship won't last and mindless comfort grows when I'm alone with my great plans. Means he's thinking of what will happen after the relationship ends. I don't necessarily agree with that, but uh, but he knows it won't be good without her. Uh,
2: mm. Yeah.
0: Did you read the top song meanings comment from Why Can't You Learn?
1: Let me go back. I got it right here. Yeah, um, it's post-breakup? Yeah.
0: yeah it could and I could. like, she's a, I like that, that this person says, uh, the weird thing about Jimmy Eat World lyrics, for me at least, is that sometimes they make no damn sense to me, but then I'll find myself in a weird situation or mindset, and that's when I'll get it. Sort of a, that must be what he meant sort of thing.
1: <laughs> Isn't that weird how you can get into a position and you go, wow, that really means a lot to me right now, even though I've heard it a thousand times before, and it's never... Um, it, kindle this this feeling inside of me but just because totally. of the situation yeah
0: i get I think that one time i think one time i got in a fight with Susie when we were dating and i went out to my car and i listened to the shade of poison trees by dashboard confessional which is an <laughs> album people forget about and i really like that album and uh uh there's a song on there called little bombs and i it, it never had struck me as anything other than like a fine song on that record uh, but after you get in a fight with your significant other and you hear that song, you're like, yeah. oh my God, this song speaks to me. <laughs> well, Punk Chick 182. Oh, I love Punk Chick 182. Right, like so same style. same
1: year as, uh, as Julie Marlene, just uh, four months later. Um, she, her take on this is, can you still feel the butterflies? I think that line makes me think it's about a relationship that is going cold, but he really doesn't want it to end. Um, I like embracing mediocrity's thing about first star I see may not be a star. Do you remember? Did, did you read about those where it's uh, they're taking it to the star being a person in their life, not being a star, mm. and they're not their ideal. I didn't think of that. No, you know, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I and didn't see, go that far, but see, look again. Why is mine is, right?
0: This is you're right, you're right, but this is where I see nothing but optimism. You. You want nothing but to be in this moment with somebody so much that you're like, uh, to me, it's a couple uh, up in Joshua Tree laying on the hood of their car during the, uh, you know, some sort of the Perseids or whatever, the the shooting star season. Uh And uh, and they think they saw one. And that means they could turn around and go home. And they're like, oh, no, you know what? Let's let's see if there's another one going to come. And then you end up falling asleep on the hood of the car. Right. Not that I've done this before. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I'm attributing it to a situation that, that I remember. Um Just Fair like, enough. you know, with little bombs, I didn't notice it until it applied to me. I hear this and I think of a time that Susie and I went out to Joshua Tree to see, you know, so that's where I'm, you know, but I do like that interpretation and you're right.
1: Right. Yeah, I know. Who's and the, the cynic in me thinks about that same grouping of lines. And the first star I see may not be a star. We can do it. We can't do a thing but wait. So let's wait for one more. I, I it's get so the
0: funny that. Go ahead.
1: I was going to say it's just to me. So let's wait for one more. I think of delaying the inevitable that mm. they're just let's just hang on for another moment. We know that, you know, we know it's coming. It's inevitable. But let's just hang on to this while we have
0: yeah. this time together. Joseph Bowman on genius said meaning that this person uh, 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 for this line in particular says meaning that this person may not be the one so to speak and i was just kind of like well what? whatever and i decided to stop reading the genius annotations for this song <laughs> but i don't know maybe they are onto something
1: right and that was mentioned a couple of times in song meetings uh from you know a long time ago almost yeah, yeah, 20 yeah. years ago these these <laughs> comments so people saw in this
0: yeah did you listen to the Slacker podcast with um, Jim that just came out this past Friday or this? Only a the portion ago.
1: immediately after Table for... It was Table for Glasses. Oh,
0: that's right. Yeah, yeah, So they play the Table for Glasses demo on that podcast, which has never been released anywhere I uh, that I know of. It wasn't in my collection. It wasn't in another private collection I have access to. Um, so that might have been the first time that that ever got played. But um, he talks about clarity in general <laughs> We talk about how how long ago some of these comments were, but he was like, "I don't." He was saying on the podcast, "I don't think people got clarity until like 2007 that like people started talking about it as like this record that meant anything to anybody." Um, I'm sure though, at the end of the
1: 90s, there's so much they're kind of overloaded with music at that time. Kind of how in 96 with um with Pinkerton I don't think people got it at the time and then later on they get that it, get, it gains this cult status which isn't exactly the same but it didn't
0: seem to get the appreciation
1: that Rivers was expecting right for another Oh, 10 we're going years. Down a Weezer
0: tangent real quick oh. I just finally got Susie to watch the Weezer music video that they did for Frozen 2 because <laughs> I so couldn't good. shut up about how good it is it's so good Oh, yeah, man, oh, Rivers man. is a ham. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good, and I love that Kristen Bell showed up and did the video. Yeah. Oh, oh man. man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so sorry. Yes. Um. Yeah, it, and it's so weird to me. Like when you think, to me, <sighs> Clarity is an important record, and that seems to be that seems to go without saying. Uh, Enema of the State also an important record for a band, but not as hard hitting these came out the same year and that's so bonkers to me like it almost feels like like uh, when you're in high school and you're a sophomore, and a senior does something and gets some accolades for, it and you're like, well, of course they did. They're a senior, and they're the older people. It's like Clarity is the older person, but like really not. It only came out a couple months before Enema of the State came out, so it's like, how are they on <laughs> right. the same level? And it's kind like, of like which year-wise? person?
1: It's kind of which person do you want to represent I, of those two albums? Guess which one I had. I mean, I had, I had Enema of the State, right? Yeah, because I, I
0: didn't have Clarity. No, I got, uh, Yeah, yeah.
1: That was later in life when I when I realized the beauty of that album, and I realized that the band. You we were is... also
0: fifteen. Like, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, true. But oh, yeah. I did have Enema of the State, and I remember telling, letting my dad listen to a few tracks on that, and me, you know, just so excited to have him listen to it. And it was, I think, it was Adam's song, which is a fairly depressing song, right? Yeah, right. And I had him listen to it, and I, I think he tried to. Um, Humor me when I was letting him listen to the lyrics, and I don't think he exactly got it. He was kind of being just a good sport about the whole thing, (laughs) but I was just trying to get him on this. Like this
0: is punk rock, dad, and and I
1: didn't know what it actually was. You know, I just this was what my my, friends and I were listening to.
0: I remember the 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 neighbor lady across the street. I would I'd be outside building like skate ramps and stuff, and uh, I would put Enema on, and uh, Dump Weed would come on, and (laughs) The chorus is, I need a girl that I can train. It's playing really loud in my, like, white people neighborhood. And she, like, pokes her head out. And she's like, did he just say he needs a girl that he can train? <laughs> she's like, I think he needs a g-. I think what she said was, I think he needs a girl that can train him. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> At least she was a good sport about it.
1: Oh, no, uh, she was turn terrible. Turn that crap down. Oh, oh she, she was, was bad. the worst,
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh but anyway Um, yeah so yeah
1: and with the with the lyric okay so let's let's just take this back with the lyrics right so uh, you you start to look at the lyrics and you think about how well written this song is right in with the first so i have it down the beginning this came from genius is that those first three lines were the intro then it goes into the verse when it says and the time such clumsy time in deciding if it's time three times mentioned Yeah, two separate meanings, right? And the time, such clumsy time. What a what a what a clumsy point in our lives. uh, And deciding if it's reached that point, you know that if deciding if it's time, do we end this? Is it time to move on? Uh, Just in two lines is beautiful, and and they repeat time three
0: times. Right, and they don't, and they uh, uh, yes, different meanings, and they almost don't even sound the same. Like no, when you read it off the page, it sounds clumsier than it does in the. Delivery of it. Yeah. I uh, I didn't actually have anything for the
1: second half of that. I'm careful, but not sure how it goes. You can lose yourself and your courage.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, he's trying to muster up the courage to say or do something. Now, to me, this is a guy that's outlaying with his significant other or maybe a girl he wants to date. And he's thinking, do I hold her hand? Do I kiss her? What do I do? But... In other interpretations, it could be, do I end this? I've got to move away. Like there's a, there's a, there's a, I can't tell you. There's some stuff in Shit's Creek that this could be with, you know, do you end a relationship because of the present circumstances, you know?
1: Right. And that's what he's, that. that's definitely what he's going through in this first, per, in this first portion. And then it goes into the course, which we've, we've talked about with, um, when the time we have now ends, when the big hand goes round again, can you still feel the
0: butterflies which we did not talk about we did not talk on about on the uh cd itself and i'm actually going to pull out my vinyl it is not on the vinyl unless it's in what do they call the etching that they do i don't see it there though anyway sorry it's on the cd though when you pull the cd out the text- what, and what color is the is the actual cd it's a solid color right it's black with white text. As far as yeah. I know, what's funny is I don't own a copy of the CD. Well, I do own a copy of the CD. I don't know where my um, my album, my uh, CD jewel case is. Um, and uh, we are on stay-at-home orders. And with my broken arm, I'm also on disability from work. <laughs> so all of my Jimmy Eat World CDs are at work. But I believe it's either a black CD with the pure silver CD CD shining through it where it says can you still feel the butterflies or it's white text on black gotcha. can you still feel the butterfly? and it's like offset to the right I believe like it's not perfectly centered oh so good man <laughs> I would love that on a t-shirt have they even released a t-shirt that way just an off center can you
2: still an feel the butterflies yeah black I don't, I don't with know. white text t-shirt and I
1: would it seems wear that. simple enough yeah Yeah. anyway and it, it, you know and yeah. then it only has this. this song only has two verses I know Right. And then they go back into and the mindless comfort grows when I'm alone with my great plans. Uh, so those two lines to me, the mindless comfort grows is they're getting um, they're becoming happy. Stale. With, yeah, or, with the, yeah. With the stale um, situation that they've been placed in. And then when I'm alone with my great plans is is that uh, that could be interpreted a couple of different ways. I think that maybe when they're on their own, they think about what they could be doing.
0: Right, like oh, I, I could be yeah, my career would be so much further yeah. if I weren't in this relationship, or right. And is that really true? I don't know.
1: Grass is always greener on the other side. I have no idea. Maybe maybe that's what they're they're thinking in their in their head. And uh, until they break this off, they'll never really know. Yeah. Uh, and you know, okay. And also with that same verse, so it says, and this is what she said gets her through it. I actually thought the t- the first two lines were what. This girl or this female was saying, and the mindless comfort grows when I'm alone with my great plans. And this is what she said gets her through it. I didn't realize the only reason I'm thinking that it's this next line is because somebody quoted it Um, right
0: now. I'm going to check the liner notes since I have the vinyl here um, and see if they're in quotes here. Uh, Oh, interesting. The mindless comfort grows when I'm alone with my great is in quotes plan. The word great. So great is a sarcastic uh, tone here. Maybe we can get more from the formatting of this that maybe it is a sad song from the, man, from the men themselves. This is what she does get her through it, colon, if I don't let myself be happy now, then when, if not now, when? So it's not in quotes, but there is a colon after okay. this is what she says get her, gets her through it. Gotcha.
1: All right, which does l- lend you to think that, uh, I'm going to put that in single quotes just so the great
0: plans. The uh, I mean, that makes a huge difference. Right. The word great being in quotes, so now it's not even what we were maybe thinking it was like, oh, uh, um, then that it opens up many more questions, right? It's not necessarily where would my career be if I weren't in this relationship, it's more like, uh, yeah, uh, maybe it's an acceptance of in asking yourself the question still that knowing the grass is greener on the other side and still saying it out loud.
1: Right. Right. And then they say, if I don't let myself be happy now, then when, if not now, when? Yeah. And that, that's, that ends verse two. And that is essentially it for the lyrics, right? As, as far Yo, as I'm uh, going
0: to cut a shit's Creek montage to this. Like you know, <laughs> when we come up with those like TV show montages of songs yeah. and stuff, which I actually think I have some for this. Um, uh there's a good storyline on Shits Creek that this can work with <laughs> in the in the negative bummer way. <laughs> oh well, there
1: we go. I'm glad we have an editor on on uh, on our team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then it goes back into the chorus again with with the big hand and the butterflies and, and the last good night. And then there is a musical break, which uh we can listen to a little bit later. I do have that um queued up. Oh yeah. And then it goes into the last unique lyrics of this song, which is I close my eyes and believe wherever you are an angel for me, which I didn't actually know that they were saying an angel for me until I read these lyrics, because I always hear an angel for when when. Yeah, yeah. the time we have now. But he
0: does do the for me acoustically. Yes, but not. He doesn't get there. I think it's almost implied. I remember I haven't revisited the tell all your friends album liner notes in a long time, but I assume you owned tell all your friends at some point in your life. Uh, tell all your friends taking back Sunday. Uh, you know what? I did their not. first record. Wow. Yeah. So, so I didn't I own it,
1: but to... I did have plenty of friends who put that album on. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. I remember trying to read the liner notes along with the record and the lyrics in my memory made no sense. Like they weren't in the order of the song. They were just word vomit in the liner notes. And the song is what the song is. And then the idea of the lyrics is on the liner notes, but they're not one and the same. So it's almost like um, what he what the full line is, wherever you are an angel for me, we just won't get there yeah. <laughs> in this song. <laughs> right. Uh,
1: now, uh, one thing I didn't mention is that I don't think we had one of these before. Uh, this is our first waltz. This is this song is in it's three, three four. four time. Yeah. yeah. And that also, and I know that a waltz is a typical dance, and I and I don't know how intentional this was, right? But my thought about this, this lends another mm. um, credit to my theory of this being this uh, a, a song that is about going back and forth and delaying the inevitable. Is a waltz is essentially a dance, and it's just kind of back and forth and back mm-hmm. and forth. It's there's there's no um, there's no solution to this. There's no ending.
0: And I think that was intentional. That was my thought. Hmm. Well, uh, so in that Slacker podcast that came out this past week, um, it came up the question of how they went from a hardcore punk band to writing songs like For Me This Is Heaven and Goodbye Sky Harbor and Table for Glasses and things like that. And uh, and Jim said, you know, it. I think I actually mentioned this on our interview that I conducted earlier today. Uh, at least one of which, uh, I, maybe we'll have multiple interviews on this episode. Who knows? Um, uh, so is that they, most of the songs were results of jamming when they were writing like skate punk tunes. And then Jim thought, well, I could also go home and write songs alone and bring them to the band and we can craft them together. And that was when it became something different for them. Um, so it's possible and that was on static that he started he he mentions that they started that. So they've already done it for an album. Now maybe he is thinking ahead and saying, oh, what if I, uh, you know, maybe he watched a movie where there, there a situation like this is happening where people are waltzing but also needing to get, away from each other or something you know what i mean like something some sort of small impetus (laughs) right or going through the motions of of being in this relationship
1: or this uh this thing and then but they both know even though they're dancing together and swaying back and forth that when's the song going to end i mean when when the song ends we end and and that's where we're at you know that's where we're going to be left so i mean it could be much deeper than um then people understand. I I definitely think this is that for me. This is heaven, even with the title, the song title itself.
0: For me, this is heaven, right? Because those words are not in the song,
1: right? Yeah, but so it, it makes me think being that,
0: in that moment is heaven,
1: exactly. Right. Laying that on the hood this, of a car. This is what they enjoy. It, it, yeah. yeah, and that's it. This this heaven won't last forever, but uh, you know, another thing that I came across was that. So I came across this. I got to tell you a story here. So on Guitar World, Ooh. the Rig Tour.
0: Uh huh. Okay. So check this out. Is that that's different than Rig Rundown on YouTube? Right. Got it.
1: So I got to scroll down a bit. I had this saved, but I reopened it. Um, okay. So they have a section. Uh, so th- with this GuitarWorld.com Rig Tour Jimmy at World. Uh, let me go back to the title real quick. The title is. Um, Jimmy Eat World on how Fractal put an end to Riverdance and why only .013 gauge strings will do for Jim Atkins' signature <laughs> Fender, right? <laughs> but down it's it's a long article that where they highlight a lot of the gear and they have uh, a, one headline that says unidentified eBay double cut. And uh, mm. I'm going to send you an image of what this thing looks like real quick. Please do. Okay. So this looked very familiar when I was re- when I was looking at this. Okay. And Interesting this, neck
2: or right, you know, exactly.
1: That's that, and that's what tipped me off. So it goes Linton bought this curious double cut on eBay and can't be sure what it is. The bridge pickup might be a Gibson humbucker, but again, he can't be sure. The main thing is it sounds great and totally unique. So Linton is quoted, I don't know what this is. I think I got this on eBay and I use this for some songs that we have tuned for an open E for songs like For Me, This mm. Is Heaven and a couple Ooh. more. Yeah, but this thing is crazy. Just the output on it is insane. It could be a Gibson pickup, maybe, maybe. And then he laughs. And then it goes on to say, someone told me that maybe it was an old Ibanez neck or some sort of Japanese guitar. Yeah, it was a cheap one. It was another one where I thought, okay, it looks kind of cool, probably won't sound good, but I plugged it in and got lucky. We've used it on a couple of recordings too. It sounds totally different to all the other guitars, which is cool.
0: So wait, for me, This Is Heaven is tuned to open E? That's what he's saying, is that this was tuned for open E. So for those that don't know, uh like um the, the what does that automatically make me think of? Dashboard Confessional, places you've come to hear the fear the most and Swiss Army Romance was like almost all open E flat, right? Right. Um it has that like choral like m- it's almost like a wall of sound on an acoustic. Um right. I've never thought of open E being played on a Right. And and the an way that I would anyway, describe it
1: yeah, a wall of sound is great. The way that I would describe it to someone who is kind of imagining, well, what do you do with your fingers? Imagine that you're playing a chord where you've got to hold down three or four of your fingers to make this chord. It's not easy. Well, what you have with Open E is you essentially have tuned your guitar to be that chord. So you yeah, can you take can just your, walk one yeah, string around exactly. and play you a just, song. You just, yeah. yeah, hit the um. you can play all six strings, and it, it essentially plays one whole chord. So you're effectively just pl- moving your finger up and down and playing different... um open major chords. Yeah. Uh, and then, so I, I was intrigued by that and I thought, well, hey, look, why, I, all I see on this is is Capo on the fourth fret and this thing is in drop D and uh, sure enough, I found on Ultimate Guitar, it says, this is tabbed by Mike, which is his email is dubs123 at AOL.com. So, it's an it's an older email. Uh, the other tabs, <laughs> <laughs> the other tabs suck. So here is the right way to play this amazing song, and this is my first tab. So email me what you think. Tune open E guitar has capo
0: on the second
1: fret. So even hmm. though this one is on the capo on the second fret, but it is uh, yeah the way drop
0: that- D. If it, if you had a guitar in drop D, you would capo on the fourth fret to get the same thing. You would get an open E capo second fret, right? Um.
1: Or no? I guess, yeah, because you could play, if you're playing in drop D, but is a drop D? I don't, no, no, I don't think that's right. Because if then you, you capo
0: the fourth fret on drop D, you would be two steps above, yeah, I don't know. That's fucking weird. Because you're only dropping
1: math. the top string. This one, you're Correct. dropping two strings, three actually. Right. You're cha- yeah. changing the D to an E, you're changing the A to a B, and you're, cha- you're leaving the E as an E. But, right. So you're changing a couple of strings. So this is the only one that I could find with a, um, a drop E. I'm sorry, with, a, with an open E. Uh, everything else, uh-huh. all the other tabs are open all... E, capo, second fret. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But let me take a step back, back to that guitar, right? So that I had shown you. Check this out. So I was on eBay and I wanna say this was like 2002, 2003. So I was getting my gear together and it was the same thing for me. I came across this funky looking guitar on eBay. It had no name, but it had the same exact – it wasn't the same exact guitar, but it had the same paint job, that, that same uh-huh, tortoise that shell. Uh-huh. Exactly. So I go and I buy it, and guess who I buy this from? The username on eBay, I remember this vividly, was uh, Rivers Cuomo, all lowercase, all one okay. word. Not Rivers Cuomo. It could not have been Rivers. <laughs> Were you very excited, though? I was so excited. <laughs> and it said uh, – I think the listing was something like Japanese Fender-style guitar. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for a budget Strat. And I got the thing, and it was a piece of junk. I mean, it was... Garbage. It was garbage, right? But it looked cool. And all the pieces on this guitar that Linton has is is the same style. And sure enough, you know, he mentions that it's an old, um, some sort of Japanese guitar. Well, in the 50s and 60s, Taisco and a couple of other brands made these guitars in Japan. And then there was one or two. I think it was just one guy that would ship them over to the United States and then sell them as, you know, guitars that people could learn on. They weren't really the best quality, but they looked so unique. And sure enough, this is a Tysco or a variation of it. And uh, apparently he got a good one. <laughs> I got one that oh, was very, so. uh, it, you know, you would play, I would, I would tune it. And the way that the nut sat, it was so high off of this, the fretboard that if you played the wrong chords too high or too low on the neck, it would distort the sound. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it was almost unplayable. I ended up selling the thing and a guy came by and I sold it for like a hundred bucks. And the guy came by and was very, very happy to have it. He goes, I know that this is, you know, I know what this is. It's a very unique card. I'm gonna add or a very unique guitar. I'm gonna add this to my collection and put it on the wall. So I'm glad somebody got some use out of it. But yeah. That's exactly what this is. This is one of those Japanese released Tysco. um I, I I was looking for a fender mock. That's that what I think I put into eBay, but Um, this looks like a little bit bigger. So the unidentified eBay double cut, I am fairly certain that that is, uh, that is a a Japanese Taisco guitar. And if you look, you'll see that all of those guitars have a very similar sunburst, um, paint job. Yeah. Right.
0: So funny. Now I'm like on a, on like an eBay deep dive. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of them on there. A lot of you know, the, there's there's some articles that say you know, is, is this a gem or is this a piece of junk? You know, like the, comparing these these guitars online. Emmy. And the and, answer is yes. And, yeah, they're <laughs> a piece of junk, but they they look cool. And and in this case, I mean, it was this was recorded for. Well, I don't know if this was actually recorded for for me. This is heaven, but they used it to to put this song together. And and thank goodness for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> another theory why that I think they have this play this, why they play this in drop D. Have you ever not seen this song played after chase this light?
0: Uh, I, I acoustically, it's always after chase. Right. this Right. Right. And but, that might be because uh, Jim's I got I never the one paid guitar attention enough to, uh, I've never paid attention enough to see if it's that way. Uh, you know, full band. Ooh, right,
1: Ooh, right. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't look at that either. But every acoustic playing of this, Jim does it, and, and sure enough, both are drop D tuning, capo on fourth fret. Um, huh. This one is if the capo is on the fourth fret. I think this is in E flat. This is what that one starts in. I'm going to look at what for me this is heaven,
0: and I can't tell off the top of my head. But well, you know can jump We in. can open up Tune Bat, yeah, and I can tell you. That this song is in D flat major. D D flat. Okay, so that's another. So let's say that. Um,
1: can you look up Chase This Light and see yeah, what that one look, is? I
0: I was looking to see if it was in the harmonic mixing recommendation. Uh huh. But Chase This Light is not. It. W- what would be funny is if it's in the non harmonic. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Yet they play
3: one after the other.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So it's not there. Let's look up Chase This Light. Chase This Light is D flat major. Okay. So there we go. Also, a Camelot of three B, which uh, <laughs> they both have that three B Camelot, so that makes sense.
1: Okay, there we go, beautiful. So we've got that's exactly why they play them together, I, and why he keeps that one in um, in D flat with the capo on the fourth fret. Now, you you know, going uh, talking about ultimate guitar, do you ever have you ever used them for
0: tabs? Uh, probably when I was learning bass. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so they were, when I was going to um, Park College, and it was like five cents a, a copy, I, I still have the book. It's a very, it's like a three or four inch binder with a a ton of printouts of songs. And uh, songs from this album are on there. Oh. And it, it helped me to learn how to play these songs. But what I found over the years is that Ultimate Guitar has essentially swallowed E-Guitar, e or guitar E-Tab's, um that was one of the big ones that I used before Ultimate Guitar. Oh, sure, they bought yeah. them out. Um there were a few other ones that they just bought out. And now I I was almost forced into <laughs> like, like like they had my hands tied behind my back into buying the upgraded version of the app to be able to access and save my stuff and right. have you know and have all these these extra things that I needed. So I have a little bit of a qualm with or not qualm, but I have a little bit of an issue with referencing Ultimate Guitar's even though they have developed really cool Um, software like have you seen this it's the i think it's called the pro version of songs where they actually have a mixer where the guitars yeah the acoustic bass like the stems well yeah so it's 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 still showing you the uh what would be the tab but it's showing you underneath it's it's showing um what a note would look like for a a quarter note a half note a triplet so you can see Visually, how you should be playing it, but you're also looking at the the numbered frets so you can play along with this. But it does a pretty good job. It's almost like MIDI. Let me play a little bit of this for you. This this is for me, this is heaven. And it's got this has one, two, three, four, five, six different parts. Um, they even have a cello in here, which is beautiful. Mm. But check this out. So, this is what it sounds like on for me, this is heaven on Ultimate Guitars Pro. Oh. It just sounds pretty, you know, simple. I think the drums come in
0: soon. I don't know that third. Then you hear the bass. Oh, no, <laughs> no I would just listen to this in the car. Uh huh. This would be great in like an '80s movie if it were just a little dreamier and had a little more reverb on it. Right.
1: But isn't that cool that you can sit there and
5: yeah, you can dude. rewind
1: this? You can you can change the speed. So as much as I as much as I have an issue with uh, referencing Ultimate Guitar, they have developed some pretty sweet software over the years. That is, as a musician, is incredibly useful.
0: Yeah. No, that was really cool. Yeah. It sounded a little funky at the beginning. It sounded like right. a you know like a Casio. <laughs> Thing, yeah. Oh, speaking of which, you had brought up the Casio sound on the Firestarter episode. Uh, we, by the way, I found it, yeah. So, you know what's funny is that same exact song you played. I remember from a and I thought of the same thing when I was listening back to the episode because I wasn't on that one. I was like, oh, that reminds me of my Muppet Baby's keyboard when I was a kid. Which was made by Casio, had that same song on it, dude. I would have told you the same story, <laughs> but it would have been Muppet Babies keyboard, not like the X1 or whatever the hell you had.
1: Yeah, it was that dun 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 dun, dun,
0: dun. And then it changes, it goes like dun
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Muppet <laughs> Babies or my my grandpa's Casio, same yeah. thing. Yeah. And mine was the VL1. I, don't, I can't remember what I think it was like an FM1 or something that I had mentioned. But it, they're all the same. They're little right. miniature pianos that have built in. Oh, built-in it, oh so
0: mine was it was it, the the Muppet Babies is called the EP10. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull up an image of it and send it to you. This is great. I love this thing.
1: <laughs> so Setlist FM says. Oh, yes.
0: yes. Check this out. So
1: Setlist FM as of April. This it says News 420. So I'm going to say this is April of 2020. Your numbers might be different, but it says, For Me, This is Heaven has been played 408 times since it was first performed in 1998. Yeah, and that's a griff. I know. And I found that it was played the most, which was 43 times in 2017. Whoa. Yeah, it just seems like an odd year for them to be playing it.
0: I mean, it. it I, I suppose, um, but that they would have been touring integrity blues which i i just actually uh you'll hear it later um i say is like the like clarity 2.0 in a little bit uh of ways like it's like if you if you're in the mood for clarity and you don't want to listen to clarity you can listen to integrity blues and get the same kind of thing right um so maybe it just fit in with all those songs a little bit more
1: yeah and it's I mean, 2010 2011 it's 39 and 39 it just seemed like uh, I don't know. Just seems out of the blue. But, it, you know, what you're saying sure, yeah. could absolutely make sense with with it fit with the scene of or the, the sound that they were going for. Yeah. And it was actually and, played once by Go Big Casino in uh, no, 2006.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> at the Paul V. Galvin Playhouse at Arizona State University. And I, I love this data that they, they show you.
0: Oh, it's so good. It's one of my favorite bits we do on the show. Mm-hmm.
1: And look at this. April 3rd, 2020, the Rebel Lounge, Phoenix, right. Arizona. First
0: played March twenty fifth, ninety eight, according to uh, this, in Orlando, Florida.
1: So March twenty fifth, ninety eight, and then it's released December fourteenth of ninety eight. Yeah, on the EP.
0: I love that the cover band Jimmy Eight World, who we follow on Instagram, (laughs) is uh, credited on here. Yeah, there's no way they played it only two times. Yeah, no way. Get get at us from the cover band. That's so awesome. (laughs) I know you've played it more than that. (laughs) That's awesome. I should. Oh, you know what I didn't do is scour their Instagram. We should scour their Instagram for when they cover these songs and play them. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's 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 several I think they're based out in the UK, I believe. Jimmy Mm -hmm. Eight World. There's a couple Jimmy Eat World cover bands. One's called Bleed American. I think Bleed American is here in like Orange County. And then Jimmy Eight World. I believe they're in the UK. I love these tribute bands. I went up and played. Have you ever played with a tribute band? I have not. I've only experienced them. There's a, there's a Blink tribute band called Blink 180 True, and uh, it was started by this guy I used to play in a band with years and years and years ago, and he and I would always talk about Blink. And so there was this open invitation that I could play with them anytime I went out to a show. Well, with kids, I'm not really going out to Hermosa right. Beach to, like, see a bunch of shows at a bar. Um, and one day it just, like, worked out where, like, Susie's mom was able to watch the kids. Susie was in San Diego or something. Um working and so i was like i'm gonna grab my bass and i'm gonna go to the show and uh i went up and played carousel and josie with them it was a blast
1: <laughs> well they're just out there having fun they w- they've they yeah. got the music written for
0: them they just want to go out there do the band yeah. justice and have fun yeah that was a blast anyway jimmy eight world get at us i know you've played yeah. more than twice <laughs> <laughs>
1: um on january 25th of 2019 christine a uh a dj on Alt 92.3, this is New York's new alternative, put together this little, it's like a little quip, right? So it's um, Flashback Friday, Jimmy Eat World, for me, this is heaven. And it's just a couple of sentences here that she she posted. We just announced that Jimmy Eat World will be on tour with Third Eye Blind this summer. Hey, we were there. And I've yep. got Clarity on the Brain. The band's third studio album turns 20 next month. I totally cried my eyes out at one of the Clarity. um,
0: Ten tours? Ten, yeah. Oh, tour, yeah.
1: No shame. This song reminds me of the golden days of song lyric away messages. <laughs> right? On AIM. If I don't let myself be happy now, then when? When indeed, younger Christine, how about now? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Man, I forgot about that. I took a screenshot of all of my away messages that I had. Um, Wait, how did you do that? Oh, years ago. And I saved it. Oh. and Because uh, I knew I'd never get access to that computer again. And I moved the yeah. computer, never booted it back. I mean, it's still, you know. I don't even know if it boots up, but I, I <laughs> took a picture assuming that I'd never see it again.
0: Wow. Uh-huh. W- were they all, like, how did you see them all? Are they kept in, like, a queue of, like, your history? Well, you could click. If you clicked the
1: away button, it would it uh-huh. would show a drop down of all oh, yes, the yeah Oh, yes, 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 yes. So I, I just see. did a screen gra- grab of that. I think that. I
0: always just edited the last one. I don't think I kept the running list. Oh, see, man, I had to, I had yeah. to keep the running just so I could always, I could see where I was. <laughs> Would you ever make a friend? Because like you and me and Addison, like we're aim folks, right? Oh yeah. But then like you meet people and they're like, oh yeah, ICQ, or like. Oof. One time, Addison and I like got ICQ accounts as like joke because <laughs> we were joking about how <laughs> dumb ICQ was. Because it's like, what's your screen name? Oh, it's like four zero seven nine three nine five seven dash. Whatever. And then, like, you'd meet somebody, like, in Vegas at, like, the arcade as a kid. And you'd be like, oh, okay, hit me up on AIM. Oh, I use MSN Messenger. You don't use that? And I'm like, what the fuck is MSN Messenger? <laughs> or, like, Yahoo Messenger? And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? No one is on there. Um, but then, like, you know, everything nostalgia is everything now, right? And there's right. other podcasts that talk about dumb shit like us. And they're all talking about being on, like, some dumb messenger system that all of their friends were on it's like what are you kids doing
2: (laughs) right
1: well you know who's who's really the loser here um with icq is still around no way yeah i I just googled it i said is icq still a thing and as of november 28th 2019 some may be surprised to learn that icq is still around and being
0: actively developed dude i'm downloading it for mac now i'm starting a jimmy (laughs) pod again oh it looks like slack now (laughs) Um, I gotta set up a Jimmy Pod account. Okay, yeah, We're right. we're now on ICQ, and you should find us. People. Yeah, give
1: us give us their digits, and or give them oh our my digits.
0: Goodness, I thought I you know, I thought I went to go start an ICQ account as a joke recently enough and saw that it was dead, but now it's back, baby. Yeah, they revived it. Unfortunately, you know what's funny not. Is aimed. I click download for Mac, and it takes me to another page. So I don't know, man. This is not. Yeah. <laughs> well, the next what question the is: fuck? Is
1: ICQ still safe? So maybe. It, <laughs> Maybe it was purchased by a, a you know a
0: pirate and now they're just. Um, it took uh, me to a Russian website. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> this is not cool. Okay, we're not on ICQ, everybody. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Um, let me go back to this
1: and see what I wanted to do here. Okay. Uh, regarding the release of this, Adkins revealed that despite the fact that the album was complete, it had no immediate release date. The group's A and guy suggested. An EP with a few more songs. Vinny Fiorello. Mm. I love that name. Vinny Fiorello, right? Yeah, that that's, guy that's definitely an knows name.
0: what's up. Of, of <laughs> less than Jake. What's up. <laughs> oh, that's why I know his yeah. name. Okay, So he
1: he was the one who ran the label Fueled by Ramen, uh, was that's contacted right. and right. supported okay, okay. the idea. The Jimmy World EP was released by Fueled by Ramen on December 1498 and featured two songs from Clarity, Lucky Denver Mint, and For Me This Is Heaven. And that's around the time, because then it goes on to say LA-based Radio station KROQ picked up on Lucky Denver Mint, which Never resulted in a big interest. And that was when I uh, got on the band, the Jimmy Eat e- right. World bandwagon, man. That's right. So sick. Uh-huh.
0: Man, I didn't do enough Jimmy Eat World EP research. Yeah. <laughs> I did see that this song also appeared on the Year of the Rat comp in 98. Yes. Which was a field by Robin comp uh, with, let's see, do I know any of these other bands? Discount, I feel like I've heard of. Limp. No, I'm thinking of Lump. Yeah. Um, Which makes me think of Gump, the Great Weird Al parody. (laughs) Absolutely. Which I I heard before I ever heard Lump. Um, The Hippos, I feel like I've heard of, but that's like, that's like one of those bands where like, I've heard of them, but I've never heard them. Right. Um, Cooter. But I think (laughs) there's this guy um, uh, who I think listens to the podcast, uh, Brad, uh, Brad, I I just know him as Brad's one man band on, uh, like he's on Reddit and he's on Chorus FM, but he's I think his I think his band name was Cootie Catcher or something like that. Anyway, it makes me think of him. Anyway, no, I don't know anybody on this on this comp. It's fueled by ramen, and I don't see Fallout Boys, so I don't know. <laughs>
1: <sighs> oh, that was the other band. That was the other band that this uh, that David Brown guy uh, was associated with. Of course, he was. Right there, we go. <laughs> so uh, it also came up. I was looking for I was looking for instances of this track in the media. That were in articles. That's when I came across the uh, the alt uh, ninety two three. That's good. I'm glad article, you did right? that. Yeah. But also came up that this is this song shows up in "Remember the Days," a 2007 film originally titled "The Beautiful Ordinary," which I'm glad they went with "Remember the, day, the Days." It's a little bit better than "The Beautiful Ordinary." It doesn't really that make sounds sense. Sounds like a student film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is it. The synopsis: A glimpse into the teenage wasteland of suburbia, 1999. Our oh, heyday shit. that takes place over twenty four hours in the teenagers who make their way through the last day of high school.
0: Oh, it sounds like go, but in high school. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, tight. and it's uh, it seems.
1: I mean, it, it's it's rated five point nine out of ten on IMDb, but I'd give this a watch. Uh,
0: I'm gonna see if it's on BitTorrent. What's it called? Remember the days, D A Z E. I'm so. sure. Oh man, I'm sure that's not. But let's see. <laughs> it I was a direct can't get DVD Sidekicks release. To download.
1: Oh no. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it's on like YouTube. Yeah, think can't hardly wait. Days and confuse, and American Graffiti. Uh, throw in some elements and cast members from Sleepover. Remember and the li- days,
0: two thousand seven. I'm getting it. There's one person seating it. Dude, it might take a couple of hours, but get it. I'd watch it. I'll put it in my bin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you get that other thing I sent you? Oh, the the Muppet Babies image? No, the despecialized edition <laughs> link I sent you.
1: Uh, no, but I definitely got the uh, that Muppet ba- Muppet Babies keyboard. Oh which yeah, is sick.
0: Uh, I sent you a Google Drive folder with a despecialized edition of Star Wars. Oh,
1: absolutely, got that. Yeah, I I, um, yeah, I moved that to I'll re-download to the other computer that we have where I can put it on. But I just made sure that I I had access to it. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, sick. sick. All right, and then let's uh, now I'm going to go to Just Watch and see if uh, see if Remember the Days is have does happen to be streaming anywhere legally. So, what about Remember the Days? Is it in that movie? Yes, it is,
1: and I, you know, it must. I don't know when it shows up. I tried to look for "Remember the Days," and then for me, this is heaven, but nothing really came up. Uh, Amber Heard is in this.
0: Leighton Meester. Oh my yeah. God, this movie is way up my alley. It is streaming on Prime Video, Vudu, free with ads, Tubi, and something I don't know. Hmm.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, and it, and
1: so it has all these other people like Leighton Meester. Um, Brie Larson but when you go to the IMDB page it says cast overview first build only and none of them Amber Heard is the only one that I have actually uh, heard of Wait, Leighton
0: Meester's not in it?
1: No, 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 if you go to full cast she is but she must just have a very brief uh, cameo in this or a a very
0: brief 2008, um, when did Gossip Girl start? So she plays Tori in this We just did a full rewatch of Gossip Girl it was okay uh 2007 so uh i guess she gossip girl wasn't gossip girl yet right but all right right? yeah that was yeah almost on her way anyway all right i'm watching yeah, so it
1: shows up yeah and uh if you want to send me that magnet link i'll, I'll download it too <laughs> yeah right okay let's see i've already mentioned that they play chase this light for me this is heaven and so Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about,
0: note-wise, about the song? Dude, I got so much. Okay, yeah. So, um, oh, it also appeared, I wanted to bring this up because, again, this podcast was actually pretty good, this Slacker podcast. Uh, So, this song also appears on the Y2K Proof Comp, which was a uh, fueled by, no, a big wheel recreation uh, comp. However, way bigger bands that we've heard of before. uh, Piebald, uh, Hot Rod Circuit. I was going to say fast break, but I'm thinking of fast ball. Um, but also on this is J June, who we've oh. heard of before. And I've made a joke of in the past of saying, oh, Jejun, maybe they're a hardcore band because everything is just palm <laughs> mutes. Where they go, Jejun, Jejun. Jim brings up on this podcast that there is a vocal-only band that just does chugging sounds and i don't remember what they're called i think he said they're out of like florida or something <laughs> and they released one record and he was laughing about it and i was like oh my god that's what i always joke about with jejun right Is how, how could jejun... you not when you say
1: jejune
0: but apparently there's somebody that already thought of the fucking idea so <laughs> that's like when i was in uh when i was in high school we used to always try to th- think of the dumbest things we could say to each other uh and it was like like a competition to think of the dumbest things we could say to each other. So like when we started a band, I would joke about like dumb merch we could make. And at one point I said, Oh, we could sell uh last off the bus doorknob reflections. (laughs) And, uh, and then anyway, the one I was most proud of was that I'd, I'd thought up powdered water. And then over the years that that became like a big, funny joke in high school. And over the years, we've seen it come up several times in life and it's just so dumb. And, uh, I think uh, I think moist water just recently came up on uh, Shits <laughs> Creek, so I was pretty happy about that.
5: <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Oh man, ahead of your so time. anyway, <laughs> yeah. So he starts. He was talking about Jejun, or not Jejun, but Chuchug or whatever it was called. Um, can you feel still feel the butterflies? Oh, uh, Phoenix New Times. Uh, they in their review uh, says what's truly admirable about the album is that it moves in so many different directions without getting lost on its journey. And then, oh, I lost the quote that he said about it, but he said it was a great track. Um, Now, I was hoping I could get Andrew McMahon on this episode, um, but I have no contacts to him, and he didn't answer any of my DMs. Um, Have you heard the song Constantine by Something Corporate? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So in Constantine, there's a line where, right before the drums come in, uh, it's a 10-minute amazing song, um, where he says... It's to Jimmy Eat World and those nights in my car when the first star you see may not be a star. I'm not your star. Isn't that what you said you thought this song meant? So then I went on a deep dive. So when you asked, did I do the social like deep dive on this uh, song? No, because then I started doing deep dives on the song Constantine. (laughs) And I did so much research (laughs) because I wanted to know what Andrew's relationship to either the band or the song was. And Constantine's such an old song, I was like, over the years, somebody's had to ask him. There's got to be a video interview. I couldn't find shit. Um, Nothing, huh? But I found blurbs um, so that it's, you know, a reference to, for me, this is heaven. So in the song Constantine, there's a couple different, let me go to the Wikipedia page. It's the third track on their album, Songs for Silent Movies, which was only released in Japan. I don't know how I know this song then. Um, one time I think I saw them at Bamboozle left um, when they reunited because Jack's mannequin was playing that show. And I wasn't a fan of either band. Um, I was too quote unquote punk rock. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, this guy's too whiny for me and I don't want to hear him. But then I was very excited to see Chris Carrabba play Dashboard four songs. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's one of those things, but I do remember them playing this song uh, and it, being kind of cool because it was the first song he played as Jack's mannequin. It's just him and a piano until the drums come in. And that was when it like people started going nuts. I don't know that that's the drummer of something corporate. So people start going nuts. And I get from context clues in the crowd that, Oh, this is his other band. And I, I guess I should know what that is. Um, but, uh, the song, let's see what this says. The song is about. Cause it has something to do with, a girl named like Catherine with a K. And that's why he says the, there's a line in the song where, it, where I could spell confusion with a K and uh, something, something, something. Um, anyway, it's an amazing song. Uh, but I wonder what the context is. Jimmy, you e world and those nights in my car. When the first star you see may not be a star. I'm not your star. Isn't that what you said? What you thought the song meant? Uh,
1: yeah. Somebody uh, had m- mentioned that in the song meetings that the, that the star represents a person. Um, right. Yeah, and just, like, this was a relationship that was fun, but uh, we are not meant for each other, so let's just move on. So that's, what, right. that's how it sounds like um,
0: Andrew McMahon looked at it. Right, and somebody else had a question that maybe, somebody was like, oh, I think actually the song might actually be about uh the, st- the song Polaris, since it's the first song, or the first star. Like, I don't know, it was, like, weird what this person had said, and I d- didn't write down their quote uh, Mm -hmm. unfortunately which it's fine (laughs) Um, (laughs) but basically it then it was interesting that i had read that the morning of i think last friday morning so then later that day jim plays the show where he plays chase this light he plays for me this is heaven where it starts with the first star i see and then that goes straight into polaris and it was so serendipitous that i had read that polaris comment in a song that I don't really think about all that often, it's right. great, but it's just not a, like, if I think about Jimmy Eat World, I think of 50 other songs, and and the fact that that day, it it, it didn't uh, verify anything for me, but it was just so serendipitous that I had to give it a nod. Um, yeah. Uh. But anyway, Constantine, it's like one of those songs that now Andrew McMahon will only play one day a year, so he had cancer, I want to say it was, it was leukemia. leukemia. Right. So uh, when he survived that or do you survive it? Yeah. You're a survivor. Yes. Um, uh, He started the Dear Jack Foundation and they have a fundraiser every year on November 11th. And I believe it goes back and forth between New York and L.A. or something like that from year to year. And he only plays this song at that that show one time a year, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. And then somebody else and I couldn't find this interview said that McMahon said in an interview that this was one of his favorite songs. So I, w- I was trying to find that interview. I was hoping it was like a video interview or something like that. Um, but just I couldn't find it, huh? Couldn't find it. Um, so here's, here's the genius annotation for that line in the song, Constantine, a reference to the classic 1998 song for me. This is heaven by seminal emo pop punk band, Jimmy eat world. The song's opening line is the first star you see may not be a star. The line refers to love interests and the idea that the first one isn't necessarily right for that person. Constantine is his first and therefore believes she cannot be the one. So that's more theory about is it about the literal like I was thinking or is it the the like the the more bummer thought of it. And this person even <laughs> thought that. Yeah, um, <laughs> On Alt Press Did an article about 21 times bands referenced other bands um, They mentioned Constantine, the track sets the scene With frontman Andrew McMahon describing A Jimmy Eat World listening session Specifically referencing lyrics From the bands, for me This is heaven uh, From their 1999 Full Length Clarity So I, I didn't I added Constantine to a playlist That I listened to over and over again but i just sort of zone out a little bit so mm-hmm. i can't tell you with uh with um authority what constantine is specifically about but doesn't that make it seem like the whole song is about them laying together listening to this thing yeah and there's a, and the way that the line is, is is it continues to go i'm having trouble hearing you was that me oh that's my watch that's weird um uh is when he says i'm not your st-. so the line is It's to Jimmy Eat World and those nights in my car when the first star you see may not be a star. I'm not your star. Isn't that what you said you thought the song meant? What do you think that second part means? I know it's not a Constantine episode, but they mentioned this song very specifically and the band. So the lyric is, isn't that what you think the song meant? So it's it's to Jimmy Eat World and those nights in my car when the, in quotes, first star you see may not be a star, end quote. I'm not your star. Isn't that what you said, what you thought the song meant? Oh, you see, because I'm looking at, I'm not looking at the rest
1: of it. I'm looking at all the lyrics. I'm looking at the Constantine listing in Wikipedia where it stops at, it stops after I'm not your star. So I'm just going to look up the Constantine's um, lyrics real quick just to
0: see what you're talking about. So here's the picture he's painting. And Constantine is, I'm going to read a bunch of lyrics. Sorry, everybody. Let's see if we can get some more context. And Constantine is walking down the stairs. Doesn't she look good standing in her underwear? And I was thinking what I was thinking. We've been drinking and it doesn't get me anywhere. My Constantine came walking down the stairs and all that I could do was touch her long blonde hair. And I've been thinking it hurts me thinking that these nights when we were drinking. No, they never got us anywhere. Uh, So there's a drinking reference. Um... This is because I can spell confusion with a K and I like it. It's the dying in another's arms and why I had to try it. It's the Jimmy. So he's listing things here. It, uh, I can spell confusion with a K and I like it. It's the dying in another's arms and why I had to try it. It's the Jimmy world well, those nights in my car. Blah, 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 blah. And if this is what it takes just to lie in my mistakes and to live with what I did to you and all the hell I put you through. I always catch the clock. It's 11, 11. And now you want to talk. That's why he plays it at 11, on 11, 11. That's interesting. Hmm. Um, I, I still don't know what the fuck he's saying here.
2: <laughs> yeah. And
0: he's I, one of my all time favorite songwriters, Andrew McMahon. But, um, I, I just don't, I'm not in the headspace. I think I didn't do enough research. <laughs> Did you glean anything from those lyrics?
1: Well, reading it in its entirety and not just looking at the part where it stops at, at I'm not your star. Um, it just uh, to me, it's another mention of their um, sort of impasse. their uh, not getting each mm-hmm. other. Yeah, and that's what I'm gathering from this is that uh, they're even even on lyrics, they're maybe they're they they don't agree even yeah. even at that level. Oh, that's, and that's I have
0: news for you, Justin. Hit me. Last week, remember how incensed I was that I couldn't see what. Somebody had responded. So remember he was talking about Splash Turn Twist was the only song left over uh, from the Bleed American sessions and blah, blah, blah. And then it said, this account owner limits who can do their tweets, blah, blah, blah. And then Jimmy Eat World responds to that person, not aware of this. I got our answer. I know what it is. And it was so, this episode is so lined with serendipity. The question was about, for me, this is heaven. And it was... (sighs) She says, I wrote to her and she wrote back. uh, This is click Nikki on uh, Instagram, but she's private or on Twitter, but she's private. It says, I asked if they knew there was a mention of them in something corporate's Constantine. And then they say, no, not aware of it. And then this other guy says, this is a great question. So it's (laughs) kind of crazy. They didn't realize. Wow. I mean, in this song, you say that two thousand three, Yeah, Uh, this Uh, Yeah. Constantine came out in 2003. They were asked in 2018. (laughs) if They knew (laughs) and they didn't know. So that's kind of crazy. Like after all that time, I'm sure they played festival shows together. But uh, yeah, kind of insane. Yeah. But at that Um, point, it sounds like, uh, you know, he's no longer doing that song only that one time a year. Right. Correct. Yeah. But isn't that crazy that, like, I asked her, what, what was this about? And she's like, oh, I asked him uh, if he knew about Constantine, where he mentions, for me, this is heaven, the song we're doing this week. So <laughs> that was that was fucking weird to me. Um, second, um, Mr. Mark loves this song. I came across some, like, it's like a profile or something where... Uh, it's just like stats like full name blink 22 relation born height wait blah 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 in there it lists his favorite song is jimmy world for me this is heaven obviously i knew that i could not find where i knew that from um so i did a little bit more deep diving uh, specifically about this song and mark Hoppus. Um, and somebody mentions that the song emo was inspired by Tom DeLonge's favorite band at the time, Jimmy Eat world. And we did play that clip a couple weeks ago where they talk about wanting to work with Mark Trombino specifically because he worked on static prevails. Uh, and at that time it was static prevails. So they knew static prevails, went in and recorded dude ranch, which came out in 97 and then clarity came out. So they didn't know for me, this is heaven yet. Um, but they liked Mark's work on static prevails and they wanted that guy to do their record. And they actually had lined up somebody else to produce dude ranch. Um, and when they met Mark at big fish down in San Diego, they're like, Oh, fuck this. We're doing Mark. (laughs) (laughs) um, but in there, this, so Rusty McWarning on the Jimmy Eat World subreddit makes a comment. I remember reading an interview with Mark Hoppus way back when Bleed American was either about to come out or just recently come out where he claimed that his favorite song was For Me This Is Heaven. Blink Dude shared their love for Jimmy Eat World. So that's very possible that, like, in my Teen People or my uh, Rolling Stone magazine, which I just didn't feel like digging up, um, <laughs> is where I learned that little factoid. Um and even on Twitter, uh, as recently as August 12th of 2017, Mark says, all I need to know, uh, all I need to know everything about who you are as a person is what your favorite Jimmy eat world album is, (laughs) uh, which is pretty good. And then there's lots of people in the comments here, uh, that we know from the show. So there's, uh, Ryan from take off your pants and podcast says clarity. (laughs) And then, um, this person who I've seen, uh, in, I think she maybe follows us, or I've seen, yeah, she follows us. Eponine deserves better. This is Kano919 says, Bleed American, but damn, Integrity Blues is a work of art. And then PoliSci Alex, uh, who I know from Blink 155 Nation, says, Definitely Bleed American. And uh, yeah, I mean, just fun seeing lots of clarity in here uh, and stuff like that. And a- then. Uh, (laughs) He interacted with the pod account if you remember Yes When you were doing the episode with Ryan from uh, uh, This might be a podcast No not this might be a podcast that's today Uh, With Ryan from uh, Take Off Your Pants and Podcast Uh Mark had said something February 19th, politics have broken people's brains. I wish everyone could be as right about everything as I am. It's a heavy burden that I carry. And I randomly just needed to be seen for that moment. I said, for me, This Is Heaven is the best Jimmy Eat World song. I remember you saying that, and it's just true. And then Mark responded, still true. Yes. And then a bunch of people, a bunch of people like me got in the yeah. comments and, <laughs> and all that stuff. But Dude, that was wholesome a wholesome little, little interaction friend. that yeah, we after, had. After
1: yeah. the, the, the statement that he had
0: made and just what yeah. a wholesome ending. And then to just tease us even more, Mark is taken to while we're all quarantined at home, uh, has taken to becoming a live streamer <laughs> um, yeah. on playing video games with his son and was taking questions. So sure enough, I chimed in and said, hey, uh, will you come on Jimmy Eat Pod to discuss uh, the song For Me This Is Heaven? And uh, why don't you play the clip real quick, the the eight-second clip. I think I just sent it to you. Oh, thank you. Go on Jimmy Eat Pod, assume that's our podcast, to discuss For Me This Is
2: Heaven, please. Okay. (laughs) As he's shaking
0: the tree. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I haven't got a call from him yet. I don't know what's going on with that. (laughs) <laughs> and then, oh, I think I just sent you, oh, I sent you the wrong clip just now. Um, and I sent it to you a couple days ago, if you could pull it up really quick. Otherwise, I'll send it again. Um, is randomly later in his feed, in his live stream. Uh, so not the j- the latest video I just sent you. Mm-hmm. Um, he just starts playing For Me This Is Heaven on the live stream. Uh, and so I guess this would count as the covers. <laughs> but uh, I'm not ready to get into covers yet. But I would say this is notable. Mark Hoppus with Blink One Eighty Two playing for me the seven on a Twitch live stream while his son plays Animal Crossing.
1: <laughs> All right, here we go.
0: Play more Jimmy Eat World. There we go. Wait, how's it go?
1: My guitar's out of tune, people. I knew it.
0: <laughs> I didn't listen to this whole clip. This is the first I'm hearing it. This is good. <laughs> so sick so i wanted to take a moment and thank the blink 182 italia instagram account um that dude is really like that dude is like my level like three years ago before i had two kids and like a demanding job and all that stuff (laughs) but i would like like if if it were me especially before both my kids i would have sat and watched every moment of those twitch streams and i just do not have the fucking time to do yeah. that. So I knew that he would, though, because he's really good about following up on stuff like that. I was like, hey, uh, I, I think I reached out to him about the the Jimmy Eat Pod clip. I was like, hey, I know you're probably recording the Twitch stream um to pull clips because he'll play songs and stuff. And I'll say, uh, I said, uh, he mentioned the podcast. Would you mind pulling that clip for me? He's like, yeah, I'll pull it for you. So he pulled it for me. And then unbeknownst to me, I wake up to, Hey, you might actually like this too. <laughs> and he sent me the, for me, this is heaven clip. Man. And he also sent me, which we got a ton of traffic on, uh, uh, the clip of him playing crush. Um, yes. Just straight off from memory. Cause he got a couple of lyrics wrong, but still from memory, that was pretty rad. Um, of him playing crush on the, uh, on the Twitch stream, which I thought was cool. So anyway, that is, uh, I think I've talked about link a grip on this. Episode. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, and well, even it's okay Mark Weezer, Hoppus so. appreciates the band and that's not yeah. like you're bringing them in trying and to and who knows maybe maybe he will maybe we'll get a guest a guest spot from him um, yeah <laughs> even if it's just a little five five minute uh yeah you know quip yeah oh mostly I want to know like about that time like you know if you're touring with Pennywise and all that stuff and recording Animal of the state when are you picking up Clarity when are you when are you where are you mind space wise uh listening and falling in love with that song in particular. Um so yeah, that's that. Next is our good old pal Jake T O'Donnell. Where do you think <laughs> just for the for the uh what are the people, for all the marbles, yeah. where do you think for me this is heaven lands on Jake T O'Donnell's top one hundred Jimmy Eat World. Now song? can I get can I can I get a uh a, a it's in the top fifty. Okay, okay. And top 50 means number one through 50, and we already know what number one is. Right. Now, um, I'm going to go ahead
1: and guess. I'm going to go with my gut and say this is number two. Nailed it,
0: dude. (laughs) Absolutely nailed it. You want to hear his little blurb? (laughs) Yeah. All right, for me, this is heaven. It's been 20 years since Clarity first appeared and 17 since I first fell in love with it. It's an album that despite its 64-minute running time and the thousands of listening through the years... So thousands of listens through the years still gives me chills every time I put it on. It does take me back to the best of my high school memories, but it doesn't just color that one period of my life. There are songs that have always stayed with me and always there for me when I need them. No song exemplifies this more. I'm being a little loud. Sorry. No song exemplifies this more for me than for me. This is heaven, which forms an unreal pairing right after just watch the fireworks during clarity's knockout second half. It's like not even fair that they put those two songs <laughs> <laughs> uh, that always bring tears to my eyes back to back on one of my favorite albums of all time. It's true that for me, this is heaven is like just watch the fireworks, ultimately about making out with somebody under a starry sky. See that he's with me. Mm-hmm. But it just about every turn of my life for the last 17 years, some part of for me, this is heaven has spoken directly to me. If I don't let myself be happy now, then when, if not now, when? Can you still feel the butterflies? Can you still hear the last good night? I close my eyes and I believe that wherever you are, an angel for me. And then there's the perfect arpeggiated guitars. That's what we, I always say the twinkling guitars is the arpeggio Mm -hmm. guitars. The piano driving uh, things forward and the feeling of yearning for what you want but may not always be able to reach. I've always found it to be an amazing distillation of everything. The band has always done well. And I know avowed super fan Taylor Swift agrees with me. (laughs) So I didn't even come across Taylor Swift with this song, um, but maybe she said something about it. Uh, One of the best moments of my life came in 2018 when I took my then fiance and now wife to her first Jimmy Eat World show and I got to hold her while the guys played another perfect rendition of the song. I got to share for me this is heaven with the angel for me I had always known was out there. Yes, there were tears, but that's what for me this is heaven has meant for me near for nearly two decades. I will still feel the butterflies forever. So good. I love J.K. O'Donnell.
1: And, yeah. And uh, Taylor Swift, that was the track that she put on her uh, her playlist.
0: Oh, was for I me, see. This is heaven.
1: That was the one I the see. one song
0: that they were they were tickled about when they heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And was that before the Apple ad or after the Apple ad? Oh boy. Um this so the Apple ad she sings the middle and that was how he ended you... up getting to play with her in phoenix
1: now this came out this was announced uh august 20th of 2019 so i don't know when the apple ad oh okay came out. This was,
0: the apple ad was a couple years ago so. yeah uh, okay cool um yes. and then have you seen the string theory documentary with um uh from ernie ball uh that is th- there's there's a few ernie ball docs one has tom DeLong, but there's one for um Uh, Jim Adkins and it actually opens with an instrumental of him playing but -hmm. also him saying some cool stuff that I thought we might just play through on the pod Uh, okay
1: oh
2: here it uh, is
0: it's cool
4: Guitar playing is the conduit for the idea. It's how I think, you know, just over time and playing and just like playing so much. It's like that's, when I have an idea for something, I'll pick up a guitar. My parents made me take piano lessons when I was really little. And I'm forever grateful for that. (laughs) I just want to say mom and dad, thanks a lot for forcing me to take piano lessons. But what really got me into guitar was probably like the birth of MTV era music videos. Like being a little kid and seeing like the Rocky Like a Hurricane video, you know, Rock of Ages and Foolin'. Like, man, that looks rad. I want to play guitar instead of piano. So I started taking guitar lessons. start out playing guitar, and then it's like, how do I make sound? And Then it, then it's like, how do I make the sound that I'm supposed to? Then it's like, how do I make the sound I want to hear? And when I was crossing over into that, that phase of how do I make the sound I want to hear, I was starting to get into like punk rock. You just get older and are interested in different things. I went from like the more technical virtuoso players to the more like no rules, punk rock kind of vibe people. I didn't feel like I would ever be that that kind of technical shredder of a person. As much as I wanted to practice, <laughs> that was kind of like bumping up against the, how do I make an identity for myself?
0: Awesome,
1: yeah. Songwriting for me is finding what the idea is and exploring it. You're not questioning it; you're just going with it. Man, I think this this how top comment did he sound playing? Y- oh that yeah, riff, dude. Man, with that with that <laughs> little hammer on in there. Yeah, man. This dude, man- Manox, I don't know how I, I would say this, Manox, a couple of years ago, this dude's eyes tell it all. He doesn't feel deserving of what he has and knows that it can be taken away at any time. Truly a humble soul, not just giving an outward appearance of being humble.
0: Yeah, Jim rules. Like, even I played that earlier, when we were watching uh, Shit's Creek, we took a pause, and I played a little bit of that, and I was like, fuck, this dude's so handsome. I love his <laughs> eyes.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I would agree, man. Yeah. Oh boy! He's All right. A dime. I think. Uh, let's see. I got a. Uh, that, that's the. Uh, oh, the only other thing was. Did you notice? Remember when they played Kimmel last October, right when the record came out, and they played five songs, one of which was "For Me This Is Heaven," which I thought was interesting to play on a short set list, um, right in Hollywood. Uh, but then, like Disney has pulled the video for like copyright or something, and it's very strange. So I guess what happened is somebody probably ripped it. And then uploaded it to a secondary account because they didn't air the "For Me This Is Heaven." But Jimmy Kimmel sometimes will do like, "Oh, go to the website or go to the YouTube page and watch more songs." And so they had "For Me This Is Heaven" I think up for like literally a day, and then it went away. And somebody ripped it, posted it again, and maybe that's why Disney pulled it. But anyway, it was kind of fucked up. (laughs) Have
1: you so have you actually (laughs) seen it? There's a Reddit
0: link to it, and it just goes to a nothing. And there's even a. Uh, a thumbnail for it so you have to hit click play to see that it is unavailable um disney well, has blocked it on copyright grounds mm, but,
1: nothing uh, nothing is ever deleted so i'm sure there is uh somebody that has either downloaded it uh saved it or yeah. it's somewhere online that, that we'll be able to find
0: yeah totally i wonder actually if it's in the jimmy share let's see live shows hold on jimmy kimmel off air i've got it dude yeah mm, maybe let's skip through this i'm going to send you a link right now okay <laughs> look at this i didn't even do this uh research and i should have see what's on that mp3 that i just sent you all
1: right jimmy we o- it roll. says exclusive off air so let me just say off-air. this is how long is this uh i don't know how long it doesn't give me a a, a time there you go
0: Did exist, <laughs> and we haven't. great
2: yeah.
3: and this <laughs> is yeah, what she said is her. If I don't let myself be happy now, then when he sounds so good.
0: should really give zach credit too and uh, it comes up in the interview portion of the show i'm I'm giving away the whole interview (laughs) uh, portion by bringing up those parts but that zach's it's almost like zach's kick pattern keeps it from feeling like a waltz like it's in three four time but it doesn't feel it, it it doesn't feel blatant or, or something I don't yeah. know how to put my well finger I, on I, what it I didn't is.
1: I, until I sat down and, and thought this is an odd time signature the way that it's it's coming back into the next uh, measure but I didn't I, I until recently I didn't even realize it was a three four time
0: oh yeah I don't think I did either until yeah. today when it got brought up in the interview
1: yeah um, um, I'm gonna jump up ahead real quick to something that was mentioned in the subreddit uh that oh, yeah. goes along with what we just kind of heard there. So this was from four months ago, Mr. Colty Five. Love Mr. Colty. Um, Clarity is one of my favorite albums ever, and I think a big part of that is this song. Uh, it's just helped me through so much. I feel like I needed to share this somewhere. In my opinion, it's the second best song of theirs behind 23. This song is so powerful. At 248, you get what I think is the best instrumental mix on Clarity. It really jumps out right there. I close my eyes and believe wherever you are, angel for me. Can you still feel the butterflies? Uh, it all works out so damn well. I'd write more about it, but you guys already know how great the song is. I hope you guys appreciate it as much as I do. Uh, this is what he's talking about. And, and this is the last little point of the the analysis that I'm trying to make or the assessment where this is a relationship going back and forth. Is I feel like this part of the song is where the instruments are actually conversing back and forth. Mm. You know that part, so this is uh this is this um the portion that Mr Colt five is talking about. Couldn't you just picture like two butterflies swirling around yeah. each other at that part where they're just one's fluttering and talking and the other one is. I know that's a little uh, cheesy, but that's what I get with that. When I hear those two, the the piano speaking and then you hear the guitar, uh, you know, replying back.
0: Yeah, it's a conversation. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. <sighs> what a good song. Yeah, but when um, hearing
1: it on that Kimmel thing just reminded me of how beautiful that part is, man.
0: Yeah, right. Well, let's take a a walk down memory lane and hear the original demo for this when it it sort of transitions into Roller Queen, so we can listen to a little bit of the beginning, and then go to about you know halfway into the track and we'll hear a transition into Roller Queen. Okay, here we go.
3: First
1: Got <laughs> some delay on that. Yeah. Man, it sounds that that's definitely demo quality.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, he was talking about how he would He would record like a metronome onto track three on his four track recorder to demo stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So he'd record a metronome onto track three, and then he would record like a lead part, which uh, a lead guitar part or like a rhythm guitar part that kind of goes through the whole song, and then like a little lead on top of that. And then he'd mix that down to track four, and then he'd start back over and maybe lay some drums over the click track, and then he'd mix that down with track four to all the track three get rid of the metronome like it's kind of crazy like he was like you know you'd use a four track recorder and end up with 24 tracks because you're mixing you're mixing stuff down but then if you fuck one thing up and the down the chain you right have to go all the way back to that metronome recording and i was like fuck i remember doing like being in a band we never had a four track recorder because it was just too expensive for us to yeah to purchase but we always loved the idea of like, oh, if we had a four track recorder, we would do so much cool stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, and my grandpa did. So he, I still have his oh, his cool, Tascam. Man. And then I was so inspired by what he would record with his with with my mom and and the daughters. Like he would do these beautiful recordings with them, um, and showed me how to use it. So then I went to Guitar Center and bought my own Tascam. And it was one of the oh. really the the cheaper ones. It was a. It was like a dark blue plastic, but it had the same all the, the same four tracks, the mixing yeah. board on there.
0: Now, could you use any old cassette on it or did you have to buy like a special? Cassette? So it,
1: it would record it at a higher speed. So if you played it back, it would be it would sound very low, like and slow. Oh,
0: interesting.
1: Yeah. So it would you would have the longer the tapes that you bought, like the 90 minute sony's were good because then you could record a few songs on once on Oh, actually it would take the whole strip so you could only record one way so you would if you picked on if you picked side a side a was the entire thing side b was nothing yeah, yeah you could you could turn it around but it would play it backwards but
0: like so you could choose any tape though it wasn't like a yeah. special tape no
1: i didn't yeah you could so put any tape in there
0: now you said it recorded it slowly why
1: no so it records it fast But if you played it back on a normal cassette player, it would play back at normal speed, which which sounded slow uh, because it's only playing it you know one x when it would record it. Why did it play so fast?
0: I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure why. And then so before you couldn't just record onto your four track and then take that and put it in the car. You would have to bounce that out exactly. your cassette, right? And what
1: I would do is, I think at that time. It was around that time that I had a computer with a with a sound card that you could plug in. So I just had oh. the RCA straight out of my phone headphones out directly into that. And I would just record oh, it. Sick. And yeah. You get an
0: MP3 of it.
1: <laughs> they're somewhere, man.
0: <laughs> they are somewhere. I have recorded oh, a few. They're uh, they're pretty bad.
1: <laughs> well, that's okay. fucking cool, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. And then. uh, Oh, he did play it at his solo show and I couldn't. Oh, man. There's no way for me to quickly send you a link, but the solo show we went to, I bootlegged,
1: good old Velvet.
0: So this is just cuz it was a show we were at. Oh, you yeah. kind of hear the crowd. You know, it's a solo show and then the crowd like letting him finish before they cheer. <laughs> Coming out of Chase's This Life, obviously. Right, yep. How many people do you think were at that show?
1: Uh, Velvet Jones.
3: That was the one where he was playing
1: in the corner, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was like a long brick room.
1: Yeah. I mean, what would you guess? Like maybe 150? I want to say 150 maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good guess.
0: Yeah. (sighs) Such a good time, man. And this is where, and I posted the photo when Susie was on the show, where we saw him after the show. And we're oh, yeah. Like, I guess we just go and take a picture with him, right? And there was no one around. Like, it was so <laughs> weird. Can you still feel the butterflies?
2: Can you still hear the last good night.
0: Anyway, I know that um, there's a zillion acoustic recordings of this yeah. that sound better. But we were at that show, so that's why I wanted to, I wanted to share. Yeah,
1: I was in there. I was one of those, those uh, screaming fans.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I went, I, uh, I think we talked about this. I, uh, the reason the recording's so good is I went, we went up, Susie was pregnant, so we went up to the second floor and there were about five spots where we could sit on a bar stool with a small little, like. Uh, table if you ordered drinks not a table but like a bar sort of that overlooked the stage so i just started the voice recorder on my phone and pointed it toward the stage um and that's it's a solid recording because yeah i i'm not touching my phone at all or anything right um but uh yeah it was a great show yes um and then last thing i got before we get into covers um is uh our boy arnak did the, did the oh, split, split it splitter, did the split splitter on that. So I thought maybe we could listen to a little bit of the vocals only. All right, here we go.
3: The first star I see may not be a star. You can't do a thing, but wait. So let's wait for one more.
0: Ooh. Now jump over to the like 'cause
3: let's be happy now than when if not now when the time we have now ends and when the big hand goes round again. Can you <sighs> still feel oh, the man. butterflies? Harmonies. Can you still hear the last good night?
0: Oh, man. And how he There's, draws out the good night. Yeah. Oh. So many good choices that you, that uh, they get lost in the mix, but they don't. They're, they're, they're there. They're familiar. You you yeah. notice them, but not as, not as much as when you're listening to the vocal only. Right. Jump to like the bridge. I want to hear if, uh, how good Splitter like separated out the background vocals and the oohs and ahs and the, you know what I mean? Okay. There's so many layers of vocals there.
3: My yeah, ever you are Aim so when
2: Pretty good Oh, see. Time oh we yeah, this part
3: and, oh. and when the big time goes long time, Can you still feel the butterflies Chad you still
2: the last <laughs> oh, so good dude.
0: Oh um, man. So I I am sort of interested the early I have a a show from nineteen ninety eight of them playing it. Uh-huh. And I'm interested in hearing the bridge from there because I wanna see if they do the layered vocals. Okay. And I didn't um I didn't listen to it because uh, I thought we could do it live on the show. So, All right. Well, here we go. Right, so I can um, pick it out. It, yeah. I think we've looked at the show. Oh, before, gosh. Cause... Yes, we have. <laughs> this, is,
1: this is the potato show. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pull down. I could already hear a clip of it <laughs> blowing my eardrums out and <laughs> pull this down. So I'm going to go to about 313, 311, actually. Yeah, sure. There oh, yeah. Go. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: down with that. <laughs>
1: jim everyone else is looking away <laughs> jim is, <laughs> is sitting there uh cranking it into the mic yeah oh man oh man that was a wall of sound if you look at the waveform it's just one block <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: how you usually record my my side of the pod <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right oh, now
1: man. um i only picked uh were you ready to jump into the covers yeah, I think
0: so. I'm I sort picked of going through my YouTube playlist to see if there's anything. Right. I now,
1: I got a couple from SoundCloud. One that I picked mainly because there's so many of these covers out there, right? And I wanted something that was different. And what caught my eye uh, for this SoundCloud Young Westman was actually the image. Let me see if I can. Uh, was the image on the – yeah, I won't let the play. It looks like someone from Good Charlotte. If you look at this – Oh sick. Right, And then the sound that they have, this is hands down uh, my favorite Ju song, (laughs) and I'm really digging what you did with it. This is from Polyphone Studios. Do you remember Polyphone Studios?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: we looked at them. They did a – it was a covers album, and – shoot, I'm I'm blanking on 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 which one. uh, I think it was 10. They did 10. Oh, okay. Polyphone
0: Studios. Oh, they got some good stuff on here. They got motorcycle drive-by.
1: yeah. So oh, yeah. young Here's West, 10. young yeah. Westman. What caught me about this was let's listen to a little bit of it, but it was more the imagery that they had portrayed as opposed to the <laughs> sound.
0: So he's oh this dude loves Good Charlotte, yeah, and I'm not mad about it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, <fuck>. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: The harmonies too.
2: Dude. Pretty
0: this cool, is huh? So on brand for
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, the, uh, the image of him in the bathtub wearing the, the flotation device, the gold so, yeah, necklace, all It's staged. a
0: Madden brother, yeah, in yeah. <laughs> <And> a <laughs> bubble bath. Yeah, in a in a floaty. Yeah, with a gold chain, a Corona, and some other bottle. Yeah, Uh, probably vodka or something. And really poorly lit, like (laughs) it's insanely like red. This image, but a cool, pretty unique sound.
1: So that was that that was Young Westman uh,
0: tagged with synth
1: cover. Jimmy eat world, dude. (laughs) I'm blown away. It almost had like a little bit of that uh, Owl City sound to it, even though this was seven years
0: ago. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, man. That was really
1: good. Yeah. Now, the other one, uh, another one that I got from SoundCloud, did you come
0: across the ransom notes? Mm, uh, ransom. Oh, yes, I did. Okay. Yes. So
1: they have a lower quality YouTube video that was linked to in the, the subreddit. subreddit. Right. Yeah. And then yes. Ella Bella Medela says, not really my, f- what did she say? Not really my favorite arrangement. I think uh-huh. That's what she said. But their SoundCloud recording blew me away. I love a cappella. And yeah. So just hearing it so clear in this um, really sold me on it. So I, I, here, I'll just play this for you. So this is the Ransom Notes. <laughs>
3: the first time I see.
1: Jump ahead to the bridge could hear a little bit of like auto tune in there when he was doing yeah. the trills and stuff but still i think that that was to me it was well mixed for an a cappella.
0: yes absolutely dude so let's do a battle now okay because i'm sending you something else
1: Ooh, the richmond octaves all right here we go this is on chorus fm oh great find okay let's see uh where the hell's my play you should
0: be able to click the oh gotcha spotify link or whatever
1: yeah there we go oh gosh Dude
0: Oh I can't hear it
1: No I know I have uh, oh, oh okay I had to log in Okay here we
3: go First star I see May not be a star
2: Also oh, good.
1: We jump ahead to the uh side oh,
2: dance so good.
1: That's tough. It
0: is. That's a tough because they battle. They also do the great, the cool background vocals. Yeah. I, every, okay. So maybe the listener is going to let us know which did you prefer? Did you prefer uh, the what was your the Richmond
1: the the ransom notes
0: ransom notes and then the Richmond octaves? Mm. Uh, which one do you guys think? Let us know on social media or four eight four je pod. Um, another one of my favorites is that band that covered all of clarity (laughs) uh, yes the holophonics man yeah so we got to hear a little bit okay
1: so this is the holophonics with their funky sound you could listen to this and not be
5: happy.
0: So good. Yeah. Susie won't let me play that album in my car, but sometimes. She's <laughs> <Just laughs> not a fan, huh? No. Um, and then, uh, the so you can save my last link if you have more.
1: Yeah, I got, um, let me. I hear them. Let me play one more. I have one that uh, is a chip tune that was on SoundCloud.
6: <gasps> what? This oh, is. the
1: good ones. The Men of Mega. Jimmy World, for me, this is heaven. Men of Mega 8-bit edit.
2: <laughs> oh man, man, that you can really at
1: really your guys for left and right channels. Great. Jump ahead to the... Bridge. Break it down! I know it says "Men of Mega," but this totally makes me think of the Ducktales uh, NES game. Just walking oh. around, oh man, in the jungle level, or uh, I, I don't, I don't want to uh, take away the moon's
0: theme, but, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> so here's a question I have that I always just assumed. So when games went from eight bit to sixteen bit to thirty two bit and all that stuff, music got better. So in my lame in mind, I assumed, is that that you can only om- in eight bit, can you only play eight tones simultaneously? Whereas sixteen you can play sixteen tones simultaneously and make more fleshed out chords and things? Or what's the what's the limitation there?
1: Um so I'm gonna go ahead and I don't know the answer to it, but I'm gonna make a judgment based on how color works with channels. So the more color oh, channels see. You have the more capability of holding more colors. So the file size is larger, right? So I'm, I'm assuming with an 8-bit, you you only have so much size that you you can fill, right, for a game. And I don't know if you can stack so- sounds, like if it's polyphonic mm. or if it's monophonic. Um, But I don't think it's a matter of like 8 and 16 sounds. I think there's all these different... Um, waves and signs and uh, sounds that you can get you know they're familiar ones like you listen to that and you can hear like the bones of the bones the bones they all sound very familiar a- across the games um but I, I i don't know i'm just assuming that they had to sample or take the quality down so far with these sounds so they wouldn't take up space right and somebody just made like a bed of of uh, um, sounds that people could use. And then there were the ba- there were the, the games that just took it beyond that. And maybe they had a, a sound designer create their own, you know, eight right. bit quality um, sounds, but they're just much better than those, those ones that all of us know. I, you know, I don't think it's anything to do with stacking the song or stacking the sounds. It's just um, the amount of space that you can work with, how many pixels you can fit on a screen, how much right. sound you can have going.
2: All right. Yeah, that's what, that's what I
1: think that that is. It doesn't have anything to do with the actual number. Okay, do you, um, you have another? Uh,
0: <laughs> I forgot. I forgot I had a third acapella cover.
1: Okay, here, let's go to this one. It, it, who is this?
0: This is Harvard,
1: the Harvard
0: Loki's.
1: Ooh, the Harvard Loki's. I didn't come across this one. All right, let's listen to the Harvard Loki's. This is
0: live.
3: star I see may not be a star Can't do a thing Oh boy
1: but Yeah
2: so let's
1: It's a little uh a little high for that soprano more. I don't like the the sounds that they're making up top yeah, that's right.
3: What do we, what do such clumsy time when deciding if it's time? I'm careful, but not sure how like a James Blunt sound. You can lose. Your Let's hear how crazy it gets during the bridge.
2: Yeah. second vocalist Can off to the left
3: there
1: that was pretty I don't think it was a
0: contender uh, yeah. for one of the top spots no if, if 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 that is somebody's favorite yes they should let us know but i do think that the competition is really between the other two mm-hmm. um now i do you yeah. do have another one that you got from Bandcamp, right yeah. so yeah i i can't tell if this is weird and cursed or <laughs> way too advanced for me <laughs> so. okay this
1: is from 2017 covers by pros in rosette uh and this, for me this is heaven here we go <laughs>
2: The first time I see you
0: Is it purposefully dissonant? I just don't know because it's capable, but the the harmonies are all over the place. Yeah. So I'm like, this has to be, is this in some sort of like scale that I'm not familiar with?
1: Yeah, like, the X. I, I don't know. Um
0: it's bizarre. Yeah,
1: it sounds like it it sounds intentional to me. And like you're saying, maybe it is beyond what we can understand. I don't know what type <laughs> of music, you know what I mean? This is um and it's got the name of the guy down here, um, right? Yeah. Douglas Rose J. Ambrose. Or, but oh, no it has got Douglas J. Hertel yeah. 2017. Uh and that's the musician.
0: It's capable. Like it's too capable to be to be a mistake.
1: There is uh it's called The Time to Get Here, um, uploaded by various artists, provided to YouTube by CD Baby, The Time to Get Here, Pros and Rosette, Douglas J. Hertel, Thorns of Dark. Do you want to hear something else from them? Oh, I sure. Okay, this is the time to get here. Just audio. Where's the
2: one? It's It's
0: It's they're like, consistent. That is an odd time signature. Yeah. Like this person is knows what they're doing.
1: Yeah. And the name of the song, this track is The Time to Get Here. So they I mean, think they've got this planned out, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah. It definitely has like somebody in the next room energy.
1: <laughs> Whoa, man. What a way to end that. Uh I guess I have one other one. One other I had the Holophonics it, for the last one, but I do have one other one. This is Thorn. Thor's NBP 182. I'm gonna send you a copy of this, right? So check this out. Look at his, um, look at his setup in here. This guy has a cutout.
0: Okay. (laughs) Oh yeah. A Blink
1: 182.
0: I saw this
6: guy.
1: Yeah, it's not very good because he's just playing guitar. I want that cardboard cutout. (laughs) You have it. I know. I want it.
0: Right, so then, bare. What's that? Like his room is so bare. He only owns this guitar, that Blink 182 Take Off Your Pants and Jacket cardboard cutout, and then a TV tray and a stool.
1: Two TV trays, because there's one oh, behind there's him with the computer oh. on it and <laughs> the stool. <laughs> oh man. Oh, okay. Good. He doesn't even have two stools. He has two <laughs> T V trays. Well, one for his dinner and other for his uh okay. his moneymaker. Yeah.
0: No, I saw this guy. This is good. Okay, this so
1: good. Do you have a saving this grace here? With this? Good, this is my final one. This is my
0: final one. It's it's uh, from what I remember. It's insanely straightforward. Um, I like that it's a piano cover. I'm really missing Pasky piano these days. I'm going to tell you what. Yeah. And um, I I like the thumbnail. I don't know. It's very like French cinema.
1: Yeah, absolutely. With the little uh, Mini Cooper. Yeah. Okay, let's listen. This is Claire S. There's that that was beautiful yeah well david did you um did you have any other covers that you wanted to share with me
0: i mean i have a zillion covers but no not that
1: <laughs> <stood out. laughs> okay well is there anything else that you wanted uh, to mention then
0: i don't think so um i i guess i'd love to hear what everybody else's relationship with this song is so they yeah. should call us at 484 je pod absolutely um uh, I came across tons and tons and tons of people that listed it as their favorite song, if not in their top five. Right. And, uh, I think it's a super special, incredible, amazing song. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm interested to listen to it with new ears from a, a different perspective. I yeah. think it'd be difficult for me to try to do that, but I'm, oh, fine, I'll fucking listen to the song. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Justin, what what do you, what is your relationship uh, to this song, if it has changed at all or not?
1: Yeah, my my outlook hasn't changed much. It's I it, it's it makes me think that it's more of a sad song than I had originally thought. Before I thought it was just a beautiful track. Now I think it's a a, a beautiful sad song. Um, but look, there's people out there maybe the other half of people that think this is a, a song about happiness and love and two people sitting on the hood of their car looking up at the stars. So, you know, take from it what you want. I, I think it's a beautiful song, which whatever perspective you have for this. And, uh, again, this is a winner with not only, uh, sonically with the, the instruments that they've chosen, how they bring them in, weave them in and out, but also lyrically so well done. This is a, uh, an A1, um, you know, one of my top tracks uh, from Jimmy Eat World. So, yeah, an absolute uh, lovely track, in my opinion.
0: Absolutely. Well, if there's nothing else to say, I guess I should say that everybody should stay safe. And uh, if uh, you see somebody in the store, you should definitely see, step aside and give them their own personal space. Because uh, that would mean that you're being excellent to each other. And party on,
1: dudes. And wash your hands. Okay.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hell yeah.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the reason we got Davey Von Bolin on the pod at all is because of this next guest. You know him as uh, the audio critic, or uh, better known <laughs> to most people, Greg Simpson. Welcome to the podcast. And Kara.
6: Yeah, hey, I, I, I need to give credit, actually, yes, to Kara. Um, yes, you, so, it, I mean, through her family. Kara, tell, tell. I mean, you told a little bit on that episode, right, about how you got hooked up with him?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 and he, he went into it a little bit as well.
5: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Davy. yeah.
6: Yeah, so does Davy live, like, right around the corner from, how I, close is he to your, to, this is Kara's oldest sister.
5: Yeah, I don't really know exactly where, but somewhere close by, Yeah. <laughs>
6: Yeah, we're not, like, you know, hanging I out on the rig. not or
5: anything, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you, no, you he, heard him he, order
0: he... a coffee at Starbucks one day and followed him home, and then that was it.
5: <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> no, he, Whitefish he, Bay, Wisconsin. He coached uh, basketball a basketball or of baseball stuff. team with Matt, with my brother-in-law.
6: Yeah, a ton of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like, every year, yeah. they're coaching basketball and I don't baseball. know if
5: they do anymore.
6: I think one of them stopped doing one. You know, kids yeah. grow, you know, they focus in on one sport or whatever. Anyway. Yeah, so that, that's all, Cara. That's that's through my my in laws. That's through her family. Well, thank you, that, Cara. That hooked up.
2: Yeah, yeah, sure.
6: Who probably
0: stays well clear of the nation. So, uh
6: <laughs> yeah, he's talking about the old the the Blink podcast that I don't listen to anymore. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> um No, it's fine. They if, they if they sparked this whole, they weren't the first to do a song my song podcast, but the avalanche of of us that have come out of. That show, you know, (laughs) being inspired to do a song by song thing. We're like, yeah, this would be a good idea. And then I pick the band that's put out way too many for me to do before I die.
0: Um, So, yeah, today we're talking about For Me, This is Heaven, which is my all-time favorite Jimmy Eat World song. And Uh, when we spoke about you appearing on the show, this was one of the songs that you wanted to discuss. So Mm -hmm. we're here to discuss your relationship with the band, which I hear involves Kara. and, uh, And this song in particular. So I'd love to hear your story.
6: Yeah, so well do you So I think we both didn't we both independently know about Jimmy at World before we met.
5: Yeah, I mean I got into them in high school. So um I graduated from high school in 2001, so just before the, I mean this what this album came out in
6: Clarity? Clarity was 99, right? 99. Yep. Yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if I I mean I don't know if I got it in 99 or anything, but yeah, I was into the to the band when I was in high school, and then I met Greg in you, yeah, college.
6: you, me, me, and my high school friends. So I'm I'm two uh, school years ahead of uh, I'm two space years older than <laughs> two school years ahead <laughs> of you. Past. and yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so me and my friends, we were just all into the epifat stuff and third wave ska, right? And her friends are all into like Radiohead and like she comes in, like she comes to. We met in college. And I'm like, who's 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 that freshman with short black hair, a Jets to Brazil shirt, and like a promise ring <laughs> pin on like this, uh, you know, on like cardigan? Yeah, on a messenger bag. Something <laughs> like, who's that? We go, we call her emo chick, and then we convince her to go to the dismemberment playing show. This is all true. Um,
5: That's how we met. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but going back to Jimmy Eat World, um, one of the very first like I don't know if you call it a date, but kind of like hangouts or whatever. Was watching Jimmy World play on Saturday Night Live.
6: Yeah, so that was after. He
5: invited me over to his dorm room. Yes. <laughs> so we
6: met. So you know what? With 9 11 going down, with Bleed American coming out on 9 11, they, I don't know if their SNL appearance happened in 2001 or early no, 2002. Have, I
5: didn't know you until 2002. Oh, yeah, 2002, yeah. So. This must have been like April. <laughs>
6: Maybe March, April of 2002. Yeah. Yeah. So they played the sweetness and they played sweetness in the middle on SNL. And that was like a big deal because we I mean, at the time, like indie rock stuff hadn't quite blown up. Like Modest Mouse didn't like hit big with Float On and like Franz Ferdinand, like all these other like kind of indie ish bands broke like two or three years later. Right. But that was a big deal. We're like, this band we like that we didn't think anyone else liked. <laughs> I mean, obviously, they're on Capitol or whatever, but you know, they were one of those like alternative bands signed. That was their first for...
5: album on a, on Capitol, wasn't it? Or not? Was Static, it was, uh,
0: Static got on Capitol. But yeah, I mean, even Capitol yeah, Records, you would have had to convince that they were a band on their roster. Like it was not.
5: <laughs> yeah, right, right.
6: Yeah, it was like one of those things, like how, you know, Flaming Lips have been on a major for like their whole career. And it's like, how the hell did that happen? Oh, they got signed in the alternative thing and somehow wrote it through. You know, they're on Warner Brothers and like built spill, spent a long time in a major. Like, how did that happen? I mean, Static <laughs> Prevails is a great album, but like, I mean, you guys talk about it. They basically like claim that it's not their first album because they're like a skate punk band. Right. And it's like, how, how do you get signed, signed to Capitol as like a skate punk band? And then like, hey, just kidding. We sound like this now and we have a major label deal. How does that? I mean, I haven't, <laughs> I've, I'm, I'm way behind on your episodes, but. Have you guys figured that out? Well,
0: I just listened to I just listened to them on a podcast that just came out this past week, and Jim talked about that sort of change. It was really cool. They played the table for glasses demo on that podcast. Wait, what?
6: What podcast?
0: Ah, uh, uh, let's see. He's
6: already forgotten. Well, of course. Yeah, I don't know the episode. name of it. Well, yeah. Bizar- I,
0: I basically consume Jimmy Eat World content, and I've actually nah. started reaching out to these podcasts, like, hey. A, do you have a transcript? Because I will get you a transcript of each episode, um, (sighs) but it's not free. And I would love to just search a text document so I could say, hey, on this podcast, Jim said this. And I could even like the, uh, um, the software I use gives me time code. So I could even play the clip and say, here it is. Um, so oh, I yeah, literally game. just started that process today. Wow. But
6: are you in tech stuff? What is your? I'm a video, video day editor. Job. Yeah, I'm a video yeah, editor. Okay. So. <laughs> there, you <go. laughs> there you go. I have this thing called so, Transcriptive. It's a Premiere plugin. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I, let's see. <laughs> well, let me. It, it yeah. will take me not uh, two seconds, and I can cut this part out.
6: Um, do, do you say you guys are having like a a virtual uh, happy hour? Is that what you guys are doing? My wife is going to do one. Yeah. That sounds fun. Uh let's Ladies' see. Night. Woo!
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What do they do? Uh, they watched some movie, uh I was going to guess Gilmore
6: Girls, but then you said movie. No, they
0: watched, uh, it was a movie. It was funny, is like, I was helping her pick the movie, and she was like, these are horrible choices, and they still ended up watching one that I chose, which was like an Amy Poehler, (laughs) Tina Fey, Netflix movie, but it had like all the best people in it, and they said it was like just kind of okay, and no one really paid attention.
6: So What was that one? We watched that. Uncorked, or Pop, or something. Yeah, 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 Uh, where they have like a ladies weekend or whatever. Yeah, I don't remember the name of it. I mean, Tina Fey didn't have a big... Yeah, she Karma. said she barely she shows up produced in it. it. <laughs> she might no. have produced it But something.
5: if you're looking for like a, a redo of Bridesmaids, that is not it. Oh, no. right. Yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Uh, so this is the Slacker podcast, and it came out on the 6th. Um, mm, and it's hosted by this slacker. guy, Philly Taggart. And I believe he's like a BBC radio DJ.
6: I was going to say, like, this has got to be through a network of some yeah, kind. You I, I know, have a, getting... It
0: sounds like they recorded it um, back when Surviv- the week of Surviving came out. And they went out and played that studio thing where they did Party Hard, which oh. came out on the Japan release of Surviving. I think it was okay. probably recorded so during old, that okay. trip. But this podcast just barely came out. On that, they played the oh. Table for Glasses oh. demo, which has never been like I've never found that before. Like in all my Clarity nice. demos, table for gla- table for glasses is not on it. And then recently, I just joined the Jimmy Eat World Discord server, where there's like a secret Google Drive folder that they also keep. So
6: a secret Google, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, we this reminds since, me, yeah. We since this have combined like, like all of
0: my Google Drive stuff that I shared to Justin when we yeah. started the podcast and the Discord's Google Drive stuff. So now we have uh, uh, like a like a main place to go and confirm that if a demo is not on YouTube or in my iTunes library, I can check there last. And so they didn't for this might be a podcast.
6: Lessons. Yeah. Oh wow. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So for this might be a podcast, like the team, the, they, they might be giants fan wiki is super comprehensive. Oh, that's good. And I, right. And I know one of like, and it, if you go to a song, There's a chronology tab and it'll say all the different, like if there's more than one demo, (gasps) they they have that whole dial-a-song thing. If there's a -a dial-a-song and then a demo and then a studio version and then they release an official live version, it'll show you all of them. And if it doesn't have them right there to play, I know like all like the the heavy hitters in the fan community now. And I'll just be like, oh crap, I'm recording uh, (laughs) the Cowtown episode in three hours. Do you have... right?" The live version where they mashed up Prince's 1999 with Cowtown. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like a oh, yeah, fish yeah. fan oh, base. Oh, it's in this, yeah. Is that a real thing? <laughs> it is. Did that yes. Really happen? <laughs> yes. And I actually already had it, but I forgot because it was in their fan club mm. Mink, Mink Car turn of the century era fan club stuff that isn't on YouTube because they have still kept a stranglehold on the fan club stuff well, good. and will take it down off of YouTube. But I had it. In my archives and had forgotten.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah,
5: it
6: was
0: bad
5: metadata this, on
0: your fault on your part.
6: Yeah, definitely.
5: I noticed that this podcast that is ostensibly about Jimmy Eat World has somehow <laughs> become a podcast. Well, hey,
6: cross promotion, about, baby.
5: <laughs> they might be giant. Hey, I'm going to plug some Jimmy. Oh, please,
6: yeah, on mine. Don't you worry. Well,
0: this, it is a meeting of the minds, a, 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 a one song by song podcast. Uh, interviewing another song-by-song song podcast that, and they met listening to a different song-by-song song podcast so
6: yeah did you know i just had um uh danny daniel leary and his yes. wife uh, yeah. they do the reliant k yeah so we just did a full also, crossover they another
0: did, song by song podcast
6: yeah a reliant k podcast yeah. they did a full episode about a they might be giant song in like two hours yeah pretty soon we'll um, have a
0: festival show where we'll uh
6: yeah, we we totally do our own dumb little yeah. festival, and people are like, "I don't know what any of these shows are." Is Jimmy e. World playing?
0: Like, no, but the podcast about them is playing.
6: You know, I might be able to get the rhythm section of They Might Be Giants. So I know those guys as the as the, the house band. Drum or? and bass, yeah. It's just, it's just just Marty and just Danny. drum
5: and bass, no vocals. Hell,
6: I would watch so Marty time. and Danny play alone. Uh,
5: you can't figure out what song it is until about like forty five seconds. So, later, yeah, but it's worth it.
6: So, should <laughs> did you ever tweet out those photos that I sent you of the mix CD that I surprised you with? Oh, the one? No, no,
0: no, no. The one that you had sent me. No, <laughs> is there a track list? Does it? Are you playing a Jimmy Eat World cover on there?
6: Uh, the okay. So no, no, no. This was uh, so like this you was know. the
0: Sans Mustache artwork you sent me, right?
6: Yes, yes. So I grew up in the mix tape era, and then when Car and I got together, it was solidly the mix CD era. So like. Car's first mix CD for me. I don't remember what you called it, but it had like Bjork and Annie DeFranco and Radiohead and like Ooh, deep cut Smashing pumpkin stuff and uh, American football. It was like and just to Brazil. It was really oh, yeah. a really you gotta good. Mix. Let them know. <laughs> really good mix, right? She was the emo chick, right? So we were we were making mixes for each other all the time, um, especially like after I graduated. This was one after I graduated, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I graduated college in 03 and she was there till 05. so I was back in Chicago teaching, and she was two and a half hours away. So we'd still see each other, like probably twice a month. But I made this mix um, for like one of our like anniversaries. You know, we we still wouldn't be engaged or married for like three years after this or something, but. Um, so it was a mix CD that was called Indie Rock Slow Dance and the picture of me on the front is from a recording session in 2004. This was a band I drummed in, but I was doing a little acoustic intro to a song that I wrote and that's me on the front back when I was skinny and no mustache. And then on the back, yeah, it's the two young, your hair was really long in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this was us. Like I must've come and visited and like, we took these pictures and I put them on the back of the mix. So this is all, it's just a mix CD and it starts with, for me, this is heaven. And then it has get up kids, uh, it has some, you know, some, some, some punk rock cred with the Richard Hell and the Voidoids, Magnetic Fields, Promise Ring, Rilo Kiley, Death Ben Fulton, Jets Brazil, like it's just totally of the era. <laughs> so good, Ben Queller, Zappy. Lou Reed, yeah. Right, right, right. But I threw in, I'm like, let's get some Richard Hell and some Lou Reed in there, you know? Let's get some uh, some cred.
5: Mostly <laughs> sappy love songs, and then, for some reason, Richard Hell and,
6: like... You know, Magnetic Fields are not... Lou Reed. Magnetic yeah. Fields are not at all emo, so they kind of break the mold a little bit there. I mean, they're great, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them in the same sure. realm as Promise Ring or Death Cab, you know? But yeah, but probably great.
5: most people who know... You gotta let Death the people Cap know that find that Do CD they?
0: that you're a cultured. Uh,
5: person
6: yeah Yeah, right you know we got some it's so eclectic yeah we had a radio show in college that we called eclectic and otherwise because we're like our tastes are so broad (laughs) 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 but we would play like does it have a waveform we'll play it we we do (laughs) have a tape we have a cassette of one of the shows from like 2002 we did play like we'd play like uh you know like bob dylan and then we'd play like me first in the gimme gimme's covering bob dylan or something like that yeah yeah you know yeah, Have so either of you had fun.
0: ever gone back to those mixed CDs and made like a Spotify or I, Apple Music playlist of those you songs? You know,
6: I've made like Valentine's playlists for her. I don't know if I made this exact one, but I think a lot of them will go in. And then like our wedding, uh, the wedding band was that the band that I'm recording with on the front of that, that band minus me played our wedding. And so they started it off with Andrew WK Party Hard. <laughs> they played, they played Rylo Kylie. What's the name of the song? uh What's the name of that song?
5: I can't think of the title.
6: But they played Promise Ring, a different Promise Ring song. They played um, the song that I wrote, the one that I'm recording yeah. on there. They they surprised us and played that, Aww. the song that I wrote for Kara.
5: But I don't think you've ever made these into. Um, I don't think we've ever made any of our like physical CDs into playlists.
6: Yeah, I did. Would be pretty easy. We still have them all. We have. It's a yes, special section on our shelf. Uh, cause I don't get rid of any physical media. This is very true. Oh man. Yes. We yeah. We have a seven foot tall CD shelf that I built. Uh, every
5: time I even like suggest it, like I'll try to like bring it up, like kind of like nonchalantly. I'll be like, we don't really need this thing. And he's like, don't, don't oh, even man. start.
6: Well then I'd be like, okay, well then I'd be like, okay, if we were going to do that and digitize it all, how many terabytes do you think it would take? <laughs> <laughs> What's above a terabyte? <laughs> a petabyte. Yeah, yeah. How, how many petabytes would it take to fit over two thousand CDs in lossless uh, files? Right. Uh, oh, yeah. Lots, oh yeah. Well, right? yeah. You would
0: have to capture it losslessly, of course.
6: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got of the course. vinyl. You know, naturally, we still have the 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 case of uh, DVDs that I would be willing to go yeah, in I, the basement or something. Yeah, I but... finally went
0: Plex uh, last year, and I've never been happier.
6: I don't even know what that means.
0: It's basically I took, uh, well, he's a I, film guy. Yeah. I, don't know. I started digitizing all my DVDs and I realized, well, these are only 480p. Let me just go and get onto BitTorrent and I'll just rebuild my library. And with Plex, it's basically you. I you run a little home server and you plug a little hard drive into it. That's like six. I have a six terabyte that's plugged into it. And then yeah. I just I just BitTorrent 1080p films. And then you tell Plex this folder has movies, this folder has TV shows. And then I tell the BitTorrent client this is all a theoretical people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tell the BitTorrent client to download to if I were going like, to yeah. an yeah. inbox folder, so Plex doesn't index that folder. And then when it's done downloading it to the drive, I just move it to the appropriate folder. And then Plex yeah. automatically generates all the metadata, the poster, wow. uh, it, TV shows It breaks out into seasons, episodes, descriptions, everything.
6: That's great, because I'm super disorganized. Like, right. if I were to even attempt something like that, shit would just get lost in the shuffle yeah. digitally. the metadata was like, the selling yeah. point for me, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, here on the shelf, it's all alphabetized. You can find everything. <laughs> you know, oh, there's man. still plenty of stuff that I do only have digital. I mean, writing for Punk News well, since the, the thing, early aughts, yeah. like, Here's- I got... Half our CDs are, like, they still get... They got the hole punched out on the barcode. Right, but here's free. the thing
5: with those 2,000 CDs <laughs> – uh-huh. And I know we've had this uh-huh. <laughs> discussion before. Uh-huh.
6: Yes, <laughs> but yes. But how
5: many of those do we actually listen to? All of them.
6: I'm gonna make a point to go through and listen to every single one in alphabetical order. How about that? Would do like think that. that Start enough, a blog.
5: Like, I you mean, like that. How, many, how much Black
6: Flag you want to hear? How much
5: time? It, like, how much? How many years of your life would it take to listen to all of that? If you are listening, let's say, like, I don't know, six how many, hours a day? How many
6: years will ta- tell? <laughs> how many years will it take me to walk across the United States um, <laughs> all alone? All alone. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) yeah we were listening to clarity and it's just
0: such a good album so 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 real quick let's nice let's backpedal a little bit
6: Um, (laughs) yeah you've got this uh virtual your wife's got oh yeah no no we're good um um, okay so
0: they uh jim on this podcast uh that we said what 20 minutes ago slacker podcast he talks about having gone from jamming in a room with the band to realizing he could go home and craft a song and bring it to the band. And that was Mm -hmm. when that was sort of around static prevails, but really on clarity when he specifically started writing songs like table for glasses was something unlike anything that they had done before. Um, and, uh, and so including for me, this is heaven is a much more, uh, focused and fresh song. And even Zach recently on one of his, uh, Instagram live drum tutorials, People are like, oh, how do you determine what how, what you're going to play during what part? And he's like, well, it all serves the song. And somebody was like, oh, why don't you hit the kick drum again to Table for Glasses? This is not even a Table for Glasses episode. They're like, uh, how come you don't hit the kick drum during the verses? And he was like, well, right. because it makes it more powerful when you hear it at the end. And they hadn't been doing stuff like that before. So, yeah, really clarity. Yeah.
6: And You know what? Yeah, clarity, like... The major label production, I, the thing I've pointed out to Kara like several times already, is the sweet, sweet <laughs> triangle. triangle work in this song. <laughs> and I'm looking, so I'm, I'm on the official uh, Jimmy World YouTube, and it has like the credits to it, and um, it says, so apparently Zach just did the drums... And Jim Adkins is the one that does the percussion, as well as the piano, guitar, string Mm -hmm. arrangements. Mm -hmm. So he's the one playing that triangle. (laughs) I love also that the song is in 3-4. It's hard to find good rock songs that are in 3-4. Totally. True. It's a kick-ass ballad in 3-4. And you don't really notice it's in 3-4. It doesn't sound like a waltz or something, but it's just so... Smooth. It
0: has it has that it has that quality that I love describing about Jimmy Eat World Tracks with the twinkly guitars.
6: Oh yeah. And, um
0: like when everything drops out and it's just Jim and Tom playing off each other, two completely different things that like make this whole other thing.
6: Um oh, yeah, yeah. Those two guitar parts when they go back and forth on the acoustic, like the one guy's up higher, tin like the two guitars yeah. Oh, yeah. go back and forth. Killer, man. It's just so yeah, tasteful. So, really, Kara, yeah. you had already
0: been into clarity. Do you remember the first time you heard specifically for me, "This is Heaven"? And did it mean anything to you, or was there a moment where it finally hit you, or
6: not until you met me?
2: Oh,
5: <laughs> <laughs> I it's so long ago now. I don't. I honestly don't remember that much. God. I mean, I yeah. I still remember the song, and like you know, obviously, I, it still holds up special place at my heart I still I still think it's an awesome song do
0: you but. equate it more with that mix cd that he gave you than uh
6: I mean we had already been jamming on it I don't think yeah. it was like top of like right off the top of my gourd I was like oh this is the song mm-hmm. these were it was like kind of a collection of songs that I knew and I sprinkled in some other stuff too like you know like I think I had just gotten into the Lou Reed solo stuff that's why I like you know I was listening to Transformer and like Perfect Day is like Probably one of the sweeter Lou Reed songs. A guy who's known for being kind of just like nasty, <laughs> and uh, you know, and Richard Hell. Like that's that fucking Richard Hell and the Voidoids album is just incredible. And it's not known for love songs, but that's you know kind of just like a cool one to mix it up. But most of those, Car got me into the Promise Ring. Car got me into Jets to Brazil. Um, I got you into Ben Folds, right?
5: Yeah. And
6: then we kind of yeah. got into Death I mean, cab around the same kinda, time. I mean,
5: Ben Folds was. Popular at the time, so it well, wasn't sure. like it wasn't like nobody had heard of Ben Fold. Well, obviously,
6: <laughs> but this was his solo album, so like right, he was right. kind of yeah. his first I mean, the, breakaway the, from. The solo
5: album was new stuff.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Get Up Kids, I think I probably heard about from you too. She was my emo chick, right? You'll notice that this mix isn't just full of yeah lag wagon or whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this one's for you, baby. <laughs> yeah. Listen to those harmonies. It's called Stoking the Neighbors. <laughs>
0: And then uh, I don't know.
5: The, we had a lot of mixes over the year. I'll just over the oh, years yeah. there are a lot of mixes, so it's not like I guess I don't necessarily as, associate this song just with that one. Sure, yeah. Mix that he made.
6: Yeah. Oh, there was a good mix that I made that goes <laughs> along with our discussion before. It's called Greg buys way too many CDs, and it was about while well, she <laughs> she was on a foreign term in in uh, Central and South America while she was still in school. And I, you know, had just gotten my first teaching job. I had money. I bought a new component stereo system, which I still have, and uh, bought my first car. And then just like, you know, I was just like, I have money. And I went out and bought like whatever was coming out then. I don't know, like the first Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's record. And so like I made this mix. that was entirely stuff that she hadn't heard yet because she was in different countries. And uh, this was pre Pretty much pre-streaming. It was pre-YouTube. I mean, oh, Yeah, for you sure, know. pre-streaming. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you could. I mean, there
5: might have been some rudimentary streaming, but. You'd have to wait even, for it to buffer. I didn't even have a computer with me on my. <laughs> yeah, oh, you
6: wow. didn't bring a computer with you. This is insane to think about. Me, yeah, and me smart and my phones, roommate. F-
5: Smartphones didn't exist.
6: Yeah, in college, me and my roommate shared a computer for three years. I didn't get my own computer until senior year. <laughs> but we were good friends. We were good friends Are you, we know, friends
5: are you a l- lot younger than us?
6: Uh, no, I graduated in 2002,
0: so. Oh, okay, I mean okay. just just a year.
6: Oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had one desktop but, for the two.
5: <laughs> I mean, right. I feel like in there, those couple of years made a big difference. Oh yeah. Because I'll bet. I yeah. mean, by the time by the time I finished, you know, my undergrad or whatever, like you know, I I was had a cell phone and stuff like that, but I didn't have a cell phone until maybe I was a junior or senior in college. Yeah, I didn't and, have until I was a senior and studying studying abroad, like some people I don't think many people brought laptops. Laptops were a lot heavier and yeah. bigger, and
6: and you um, didn't bring your cell phone. You had a calling card. I didn't have a cell phone
5: then. Oh, calling man. card, right? Yeah. Calling we cards. Talk. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. calling you know, cards. Yeah,
6: yeah. Over those three, were you there three months? We probably talked like. Six so I don't think that something?
5: streaming music was a big... Oh, no way. I mean, way. like I said, there might have been Especially some, not in, uh, Ecuador. some form of it, but yeah, not. I wasn't going to an uh, internet cafe. Actually,
0: Greg, she's going to gonna tell you now, she didn't have a CD player down there, so those CDs you sent, she's actually never heard them.
6: No, no, This is, uh, this is why I made a mix for as soon as she got back, oh, then she could get I caught did, up. I did. I had,
5: had a, I had a uh, portable oh, yeah, CD player. You mean a like Discman? Disc disc man? yeah. How was, many
6: seconds of shock protection did it have? Yeah, exactly. That's the important part. It was that yellow one. I'm
5: pretty sure that I had a Discman. Oh the yellow one was no joke That That was like 50 seconds the sweet
6: yellow one That had like clamps It like clamps shut It was like What is this Like for a submarine I don't know what's this is
5: Uh, (laughs) I think
0: think it was waterproof And I think that one Had 50 second uh, Skip protection on it
6: Oh that's good Yeah it
5: It was good It served me well
6: So you bring it in the car With the cassette adapter you could fly over those speed bumps. No <laughs> problem. On, I also
5: I also lost about half of my CD collection on band tour when I left the sleeve of CDs. I wasn't upset about airplane. that at all. Oh. We never
6: replaced that one mountain goat CD. Why didn't we get that bitter melon farm back? She, well, the, she lost half the things she lost, we had doubles of. Like when we merged our CD collections, we sold like 80 CDs that we had doubles of <laughs> to buy more CDs. <laughs> like, well, we got two Alkaline Trio goddammits. We got two Blink, uh, you know, really what did we thing. have? Uh, Cheshire Cat or Dude Ranch. I don't remember. But yeah, yeah we're like selling all the doubles. don't no have the red
0: eyes though, right?
6: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we didn't. We, oops, we accidentally sold this rare. Yeah misprinted version. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah.
0: It was nice when, yeah, yeah when Susie and I got together because I already had all the take out for your pants and jackets, but she had a different enema pressing than I had. So that was nice oh. to have. And <laughs>
6: I didn't know there were multiple pressings of that. There's three of them off your pants least, and jacket. Yeah. Because yeah, my band Doppelpopulous, like I was telling him, like, I made a joke about rubbing your dick in broken glass. He's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, he's got a good sense of humor. I'm like, you've never heard that song? I don't know if it didn't make it onto streaming, but it's he had still the not different there, version. Yeah. So many people like what What did he? Yeah.
0: Something Something came out. Re- oh, when Travis played What Went Wrong, he did the drum thing to it uh, since we're all in right. quarantine. And some people in the comments were like, I've never heard this song. And that's like yeah. so bonkers to me.
6: That. <laughs> Song is amazing and horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> like it's one that, like, like Kara here, she will curse. Like we're both educators, so we don't. I I can't swear. I teach in elementary school. She can swear a little bit. Can bit. Swear
5: a little bit, yeah. Because they're college kids.
6: <laughs> they're college. We still call them kids. I don't really swear. They're technically me. adults. How how reliant
0: are you for calling them college
6: kids? <laughs> yeah. College kids. Um, <laughs> I swore all over that pro- all over that podcast. And I told them to bleep me out because I know that they, p- they put bleeps in their show. Yep. And I told them even bleep out things that aren't swears. I'm like, just put. Oh, bleeps they did that last week. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They're, they're good. Yeah, yeah. They're good people. Yeah.
6: <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're, yeah. They, they were. That was a blast. Um, but yeah. So like the the that. Yeah, um, just like having—can't believe you had sex with your own grandpa. The, like that whole thing is like that's like a whole nother level. You can tell they—we'll uh, put that on the secret track. Yeah. of one one out of three people will buy because it's that crude, yep. even for Blink One Eighty Two. Well, and that
0: song was originally <laughs> when you fucked Hitler. So. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Oh, those Blink boys! <laughs> I'll tell you. And now they're debating about who should be the Tiger King.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, so, what else about the band? Like, how did that? Uh, how how long into knowing each other when you invited Kara over to your dorm room was that? Was that like sort of the beginning of it all for oh, you guys? Um,
5: yeah, that was when we first started.
6: dating. That was very early oh, on. Yeah, the fun. first thing our fr- well, I think our first unofficial date was the Dismemberment Plan show. So that I was, that
5: not
6: Well, I hadn't even <laughs> talked to her yet. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what it was me, you know, trying to woo her, you know. uh,
5: Unbeknownst to me.
6: Right secretly from a tree. <laughs> no, we tree. went to a show
5: with like a mutual friend and...
6: <laughs> well, but we had to find a fourth person so that I could sit in the back seat with you on the way to this other small college.
5: Again, unbeknownst to me. This so was
6: this-, the <laughs> <laughs> this, was, this was a side show, a side date that Dismemberment Plan played on the Death and Dismemberment show where they were opening up for Death Cab for Cutie. Oh. That would be an awesome show. Yeah. But it was an off day where they're like, you know, the less wealthy band. They're like, uh, let's let's plug that hole in the tour dates and go play Galesburg, Illinois. Nice. So we drove down there. But me and my friend Scott, who's my co-host on Best Midwestern, who was a punk news guy who worked for Alt. He was the head editor at Alt Press or the reviews editor at Alt Press for a decade. Scott Heisel. He um, we hatched this plan to get this other uh, girl, Kate, to come with us. So that there would be four of us. So it wouldn't just be like the dudes in the front and cars sitting alone in the back or whatever. <laughs> so that there would be four people and I could sit in the back of the car and we could talk all about, uh, you know, the photo album. And, uh, you know, yeah. we, we have the facts when we're voting yes, you know, the whole way to watch the Dismemberment Plan, who were amazing. And so then shortly after that, we went and saw Death to Smoochie. That was our first. Or was the Jimmy World happen? We're really dating No, no, no. Death this. to
5: Smoochie was first. Yeah. And that, that not a good first. Date, but you know a movie i mean not a good movie to go on a first
6: date we still but. have it on vhs we should watch again and see what it's like because <laughs> robin williams edward norton i mean on paper uh, it should know. be good i've never seen it's, it yeah right? i was like it
5: sounds like it should be good well but, that's why we went to see it yeah
6: like dark comedy we're right. like we're into this we like you know you know royal tenenbaums I'd or watch whatever it again, but yeah yeah we i mean we have it nonetheless it's, it's i'd pop say it in the old vcr not, if, if
5: you for FYI, for those out there who are thinking about first date, first date movies, I wouldn't recommend Death not. not well, in it's the better top. than
6: like, it's better than like not in the top ten there, no. <laughs> It's better than like Apocalypse Now. Yeah,
5: better than like Schindler's List or something. Yeah.
6: <laughs> you were making out during Schindler's List. So yeah, this was this was a pretty rapid chain of events here uh, in the spring of two thousand two. Yeah, because I was trying to you know get her in the bag there, and she and then she made me snickerdoodles and invited me to the dance for the music sorority yeah. dance, and uh, and the rest is history. And so the I Jimmy world Jimmy was somewhere world in happened, there, yeah, somewhere. I'm sure we could look up the date of what that was, but yeah, somewhere it was you know, Bleed American came out in the you know, on September 11th. Stuff probably got pushed all the well, way. I'm the pretty fuck sure back. it
5: was April 14th.
6: Whoa. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, We're you want to tell up that story? On the anniversary. Yeah, yeah, the anniversary of. Dude, are you going to say it? <laughs> tell the story. I'm talking too much.
5: No, oh, I mean, because that's. Well, how
6: do you remember the date? <laughs> go ahead. That's
5: the day that Greg asked me to be his girlfriend.
6: Yeah. <laughs> oh. but it you want to go actually, steady? You wearing my was, letter jacket?
5: It was that he invited me over to his dorm room. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> So juvenile right now. He invited me to his dorm room to watch Jimmy World play on Saturday Night Live, and that was actually April 13th. But he wanted to wait till after midnight <laughs> to ask me if I would be his girlfriend for some sort of. I, he's not because superstitious. The 13th, I'm not. Yeah, did not the... He's not superstitious. So well, it's very strange that he did this. I also had an
6: umbrella open inside and was standing under a ladder. <laughs> With but, the black cat, <laughs> yeah. So
5: he waited. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure you're right. I, I could be mixing totally things right. up, but no, I'm you're pretty totally sure. totally right. So the reason I remember so it's tax
6: day. The reason,
5: <laughs> the reason I remember that is because it was our anniversary, like our dating
6: our anniversary. dating anniversary, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. date of so yeah, yeah we yeah so we started dating April fourteenth of two thousand two. We got married June sixteenth uh, of two thousand six. So correct. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Long, long time ago.
0: Do you remember who hosted that episode of SNL?
6: Uh, oh, wait. I want to say it was like Woody Harrelson or some shit. Uh, he might have showed up, but it was Cameron Diaz.
2: Oh, oh yeah, really? yeah, 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 yeah.
6: <laughs> Did she have the jizz in her hair? Uh,
0: I don't know. I don't remember that episode. I'll have to rewatch Something after. about
6: Mary. Yeah, this was after Something About Mary. This would have been something else. Yeah charlie's angels or something <laughs> yeah
0: we'll revisit that episode or that uh that episode of snl when we get to sweetness and uh the middle for sure yeah, oh, that, yeah. that
6: would make more sense yeah. but <laughs> yeah that that was big like because yeah the whole thing of them being on snl we're like what because it was before like because then it kind of became a thing where like arcade Fire's on snl right uh phoenix is on snl like all these like weird bands were like i haven't even heard of phoenix who is this The french indie band what is this Like they started like booking these cool cred before they went back to just booking pop artists. Right. You know, but that there was like this weird little era there in the mid aughts where and Jimmy world kind of led the pack there. They were ahead of the curve with that. Like we're like, whoa, this band we like, like who else? Everyone's going to like change the channel. Right. We're like, this was like a big deal for us. Come over to my dorm room. Let's watch it. I got rabbit ears on top of the fucking TV. (laughs) Yeah. Cause yeah, the (laughs) middle had
0: only just come out uh, as a single then because they led that album off with "Bleed American" as a single, and then 9/11 happened, and they pulled
6: it. <laughs> good choice, yeah, <laughs> yeah, good choice. Um, Bleed American. So yeah, the album
0: was almost yeah. dead Very. in the water at that point. So
6: they might be giants. Mink Car also came out on 9/11. Whoa, both fantastic albums. Yeah, unfortunate release days. Yeah,
5: also unfortunate title.
6: <laughs> <laughs> right. Mink, Mink Car, why? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a joke? I don't understand. Mink Car, yeah, you know they had "Man It's So Loud" in here. Oh, is that about what it must have been like inside the Twin Towers? Oh, <laughs> bad taste.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, over the years, how would you say your guys' relationship with the band Jimmy World has evolved?
6: Um or devolved. I don't know. Right. I I keep I keep coming back to their elms, but like um I mean futures was big. Like coming off of Bleed American, like we listen to Futures a ton. We've actually got some seven inches of songs in there too. Like I the Pain Seven Inch, there might be one more I have. Really into that, and then um, was chasing was that the next one?
0: Yeah, chase this light was next, then invented, yeah, and then
6: damage, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then it kind of slowly started going down. But then when um, <laughs> the Phantom, the it's not like we stopped, I still like them. them, it's
5: just that I don't have time to follow all this music right. anymore, you know. So and, like, and then like, the streaming was, era came, I worked around. at the radio station when I was in college, and so I was at the time when all of this, like when you know, Bleed American and I mean, in those years, like, you know, the early aughts, I feel like I was very up on indie music and pop music, but then over the, <laughs> going to grad school and then, you know, just getting out Absolutely, of that, I Absolutely, yeah. Like, and not because I don't like the band, I still like when I hear their newer albums, I just don't know their newer albums you as know, well, because, yeah. also because, I don't, I mean, I've, Greg and I have talked about this before, but like those earlier albums, like you just listened to the shit out of them, right? Like you would get them and like you didn't have so much choice for albums, right? Yep. So like And
6: your booklet of CDs you brought with right, you. Right. Yeah. Only yeah. Had I mean so, so you'd have like one
5: album and you'd listen to it like over and over like I like I could still sing along with like, you know, seventy five percent of the songs on on, you know, Clarity and Bleed American, Bleed American even because more. Yeah. because I listened to them so much. But some of the newer stuff, I'm like, oh, I like this. But then I'm just like, it's just kind of it's some of it's gotten lost in the shuffle. Yeah. So.
6: For me, like when Integrity Blues came out, that one, like people and like, you know, I still I podcast for Punk News now and still do some writing for them. People on Punk News were like, dude. Jimmy World is fucking back, man. Integrity Blues, it's great. And I went and listened to it. I'm like, this is really good. But still, I was mostly streaming. I think I ended up getting the MP3s from someone somewhere. They're like, man, this is so, you got to, they're like back to like futures level powers. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, I need to check out, I, st- I still haven't really given Surviving more than a couple tracks shake, but there's just so much music out there, man. And it's so accessible that like, even a band that's an important to our relationship is this. It's like, you you might throw them on a mix, but like, you know, I think we should listen more to like Clarity and Bleed Bleed American. We'll put on on road trips and stuff because we can sing along with like everything. We've done right. that, yeah. Um, but like today's like streaming mixtape kind of time, you know, Spotify playlist. You're, you'll you'll put on one Integrity Blues song onto the playlist or whatever, you know. Yeah. So you don't get to know them quite as well, but they're, they're yeah, Integrity Blues was great. I need to listen to Surviving, but there was like, yeah, I guess there was a decade there where it just kind of is a kind of. <laughs> Muddy area. Hey, this its like this on my podcast too. Like, I,
5: know.
6: I had Adam Turlow from Murder by Death on today, and he's like, Yeah, I didn't really listen after 1996. I'm like, Dude, that was like a long time ago. He's like, I'm, well, he's like, I like I'm ready, like, ready to get back into him, dude. For
5: most bands, though, I'm kind of like, eh, post like 2007, everything gets a little hazy for yeah. me. Like, Every band.
6: <laughs> Every yeah, while band. she was doing her PhD, it's like, I was I was her curator of music cuz yeah, she's basically. like I don't have time for this while well, I'm still like reading you know stereo gum and and <laughs> looking at pitchfork I'm like what's oh this new right. band Cymbals Eat guitars you got to check this out
5: So everything was filtered through him right yeah as yeah. far as what I actually listened to But, but I know what you're like like I said
6: yeah, yeah, yeah like we, <laughs> yeah like we already had so much overlap and then influenced each other's tastes and then pretty much just grew like we definitely have different favorite bands but um we like each other's favorite bands, right. you know,
5: every once in a while I'll like discover a band and I'll be like, so excited. Cause I'll be like, Greg, <laughs> I have one band that I don't think you've heard of. Have before. you heard
6: Martha? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. And I'm
5: like, Oh my God, oh, I good. came up with this band. <laughs>
6: I found them. Everybody listen. I found yeah, this. My one. wife has
0: no time for new music. And then every now and again, a song will creep through where I will be listening to it in the car I'll have s- slipped it on without her knowing and then I'll catch her singing along. I'm like, all right, I, I hooked her on something like, so yeah, I'm still working on gotcha. getting her into Phoebe Bridgers, but
6: <laughs> yeah. It's, so, yeah. What,
5: what Greg used to do was he would take like new CDs that he thought I would like and he'd put them in my car, which still had a CD player. Oh yeah. 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 Just like <laughs> slip then, them in there. And then I'd put it in my CD player and I'd just forget to change it for like a month. <laughs> and so I would have like, a, and I'd be like, how do I know all these songs? And then I'd be like, oh, I've been listening to it every day in, like, 10-minute increments for the last <laughs>
6: It's like why, like, the They Might Be Giants album, you know, the best is Glean for some reason, which is a good album. That's because you had that car and, like, that CD just sat in there forever. <laughs> and, like, some of those Nico Case records and those some of those, well, like, those, those, we'd buy a new CD. Those are
5: the Nico Case. I I stand. Oh, by. well, they're yeah. great.
6: Yeah. <laughs> but do you stan them? We don't say these weird words. Do you say bop? <laughs> Who says bop? That's a bop. That's stan. just oh, that dumb. Have I not explained Stan to you? It goes back know. to Eminem, yeah. which Eminem was weird. What's weird is as problematic like, as it yeah, is. So 15 like, why? years
0: later, people were like, oh, remember that song? That's a funny term.
2: It's about an obsessive fan. No,
5: you did tell me about this before, but yeah. obviously it's not part of my... <laughs> The song my is about a creepy that I use. Yeah. The
6: if the song is about a creepy person, yeah. And if you a follow Devon thing.
0: Sawa, who played Stan in the video, like his whole Twitter uh, persona yeah. is like, I yeah. was Stan in that video, you guys. Like,
6: yeah, yeah. <laughs> give me my, give me my props now. Yeah. This much later, yeah. And I'm oh, not up on wow. what the
5: cool kids are saying because cool Greg will mention like all this stuff from like <laughs> popular culture, and he's like, and I'll be like, "Have you heard this thing?" And he's like, "What? This, well, how have you not? How are you not aware of this?" I'm like, "You
6: know, I got sixth graders getting me hip to you know Old Town oh, Road yeah, last year, and you know Billie Eilish and shit. And I do, I do stay in Billie Eilish. I'll tell you that it's fucking great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but they're sixth graders. So do kids still say on fleek? No, they don't. No. <laughs> That one passed you by completely. I never said that shit. That's dumb.
0: Well, uh, I definitely stay in Jimmy World and for me, this oh, yeah, is oh, heaven yeah. is a Same. bop that slaps and it fucks. So <laughs>
6: <laughs> Yeah. Have you heard that? That if something fucks, that means it's good. Yeah. Like saying something is fucked up is bad, but if it fucks, I mean fucking yeah, oh, is good. Shit. It's like saying it's like, oh tits, like tits are good. Fucking's good. This man fucks. That's a good thing now. Yeah. Okay. That's mostly a Twitter thing for crude people like this guy over here (laughs) on the other end of this phone call. Whoever he is, we won't affiliate with him anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Good to know. Yeah, dude, that Uh, was fun. I love. Yeah, Jimmy World is a band we need to. Should we? Should we get on 180 gram vinyl surviving?
0: (laughs) Yeah, why not?
6: It's probably. What's your
5: favorite? What's your favorite album of like the last?
6: Yeah
0: five of the last well let's see uh chase light probably of fits in there chase this light is one is probably like it's a toss-up between Chase's light and clarity and i always like yeah. sort of forget bleed american oh, for your, because like, it's favorite so yeah, all time? yeah. she's uh, saying like oh, of the newer stuff oh, of the newer stuff of the yeah of their newer stuff uh chase like light the last might decade. technically count but no yeah chase this light falls out of the decade then i'll say integrity blues because i'm still warming yeah. up to surviving not that i don't like it sure. i still don't feel like i know it so, did that
6: come uh-huh. out late in the year? It came out
0: in October, yeah.
6: And like with that almost no lead okay. up,
0: like it was like, we have the album done before summer no started. Wonder. Right.
6: And then, I heard you well, guys talking you, about it, listening to one of those early episodes. And then, like, stuff got busy. Like, my Christmas season for music teachers fucking yeah. nuts. And then I just kind of like wasn't listening to as many podcasts because I was listening to all this other stuff. And then I was just like, oh, it came out. Okay. Right. But
5: well, I feel like you've inspired me to go back and I'll listen to that.
0: The album you mentioned. Oh, Integrity Blues is is a lot like Clarity, and Surviving is a lot like Bleed American. So if you can listen to them from those points of views or whatever mood you're in, where you're like, I want to listen to Clarity, but I don't want to listen to Clarity, you can put on Integrity Blues. Or, oh, I want to listen to Bleed American, but I don't want to hear all the songs I know, put on Surviving. You'll be good.
6: (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Um, Yeah, I'm going to Punk News. Oh, we had competing reviews because there was a debate on Punk News staffers on Integrity Blues. Uh let's see is this Ronaldo? Yeah, Ronaldo gave it uh 9 out of 10 and then someone else is like nope and they were like I'm going to write a conflicting review and oh and then Julie did uh 6 out of 10. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Uh yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys coming anyway. on the show.
0: Um uh yeah, Greg, why, yeah. don't you, why don't you uh, want to well, hold on first. Cara, where can we find you? You're a teacher, you're a music teacher of a sort? What do you do? What what is it you no, do? No, no. I'm
5: a, I'm a Spanish professor. Oh,
0: okay. Anything to yeah. plug about that or <laughs>
5: mm, no. uh, buy
6: her book on
0: Amazon? <laughs> oh, she's got she's a book like, on Amazon. You, tell us she, you If, if yep. you
5: like to read about 19th century Mexican <laughs> travel narratives, yeah,
6: yeah. If, if so, her so Cara Canale <laughs> no, is a so name I don't that's have easily an, I don't searchable. Have,
5: I don't have anything to plug. K I N N A L L Y,
6: Cara, Cara Canale, Forgotten Futures, Colonialized Past, Transnational Collaboration yeah. in 19th Century Greater Mexico. Uh, 33 bucks for the. What you don't want people to let like I, Jimmy World buy this? No, She's I like punching. I mean, the me. name
0: of your book is uh, Forgotten Futures. I feel like it's a must-have for Jimmy World fans.
5: <laughs> it's
6: about Jimmy World, <laughs> in, playing in Mexico.
5: Indirectly about Jimmy World. <laughs> <Forever.
6: laughs> buy her book, seriously. We need money. No, we're, no, we're all right. I we're don't, all right.
5: I don't get any of that money anyway.
6: <laughs> How is it cheaper on paperback than ebook? That doesn't oh. make any sense. Sorry, we're just looking at Amazon. People right trying now. to get rid Carcanally. of that physical media, man. <laughs> um, I guess, yeah. And then Greg, where can we find you? Punk news or outdoor velour or. Um, all over the place. Yeah. I've been running for punk news for forever. Like if you search my name on punk news, if you just search Greg Simpson, you can find my and stuff. most importantly, if you, if you click the podcast tab on, uh, there, you can find links to best Midwestern, my Midwestern podcast. I've had with Scott for five years. Um, and this might be a podcast is my really kind of charging ahead podcast. I've got some pretty big guests coming. Yeah. Uh, open Mike Eagle hip hop artist. His, uh, is coming out. Well, as of us talking, it's coming out tomorrow. Um, Justin McElroy of, uh, like podcaster extraordinaire, my brother, my brother and me, he is going to be on, uh, recording with him in two days and Adam Terrell of Murder by Death. We just recorded that. That'll be out in a couple of weeks. Awesome. And two, they're all, they might be giants fans. And
0: you release weekly.
6: Oh yes. Um, I've even hired on an assistant engineer for sometimes when I want to put out two in a week, I'm like, can you edit this one? And I'll oh, let nice. the other one, he has his own podcast. I know. And I, I pay him for it. You know, because I just am lazy and the Patreon makes some money now that I'm just like, can you do this? Uh, yeah. So this might be a podcast.com as well as this might be a podcast.bandcamp.com. I've got a whole bunch of covers, things from me and various guests and other things if you want to listen to They Might Be Giants nerdiness. Um, and we're on Spotify, Apple, all the all the places, and right on Punk News you can listen as well.
0: Awesome. Well, Greg, Cara, yeah. thank you so much for your time.
5: Yeah. Thanks for having us.
0: Bye.
6: Yeah, it's fun.